All right, all right, all right. What is going on, everybody? And welcome on back to another episode of the Cinema Lords podcast. For those of you keeping score at home, this will be number four for us. And I got to say that uh, things are starting to come along quite nicely. Um, even even the small things. I don't have the uh, the benefit of being able to keep this room exactly the way it is that you guys see it. When we're done recording every single week, I have to break this whole room down and then like reassemble it on days that we're going to record. Because I have two cats that I love very much, but they're psychotic. And they will eat through any wire that's left open. They'll knock shit down like crazy. They've been fucking with it now, even though I keep it wrapped up on the sheets and stuff. So that process, the first couple of episodes, took me like an hour and a half to fucking get everything where I needed it to go and get everything looking right. Today, got it up in like no time. It took me like a half an hour. So it's nice that those things are starting to come together. And then it seems like some of the technical stuff is starting to come together as well. The, uh, the first couple of episodes, we had that audio visual delay on youtube but it seems that we addressed that last week and i I think it's fixed i think it should be all set again this week i also noticed there was some uh, audio issues during the second episode but we addressed those last week as well so i think that should be all set again so it's just nice to see that things are getting a little bit better each and every week and i'm trying to just keep up that promise to you guys that i'm going to try to make this show a little bit better in some aspect each and every week we're going to try to you know improve so uh for those of you that don't know or maybe this is your first time tuning in i am your host uh, I'm Nick Soares. With me again today, uh, keeping a, his perfect streak alive, four for four, my partner in crime at this point, on the ones and twos. What's up, baby? Kalos, how we doing, bud? How we doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Ready to go. I'm ready to go. We have a lot to talk about today. Big show. And then uh, back with us again, making his second appearance on the pod after I thought a very, very good first appearance. I thought you did awesome. Made some awesome predictions. Nailed some stuff. Uh, our aficionado of Westeros, Mr. Luke Kleinen. Lukey, baby, what's up? Not much, brother. Thank you for having me back, boys. Of course, and, uh, man. Happy to have place. you back. I'm excited. I'm excited to get into Thrones. For sure. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, man, I didn't get to get uh, any input on episode one, but I'm back, ready to go here. Episode two. Plenty of episodes to Make go. up for lost time. How do, you feel, uh, how do you feel the first episode went? How did you, you like your first appearance on the show? I loved it. I mean, I was here with you when, we, uh, when it aired. Yep. So we, uh, we watched that together. And uh, yeah, blown away. Like you said, just kind of set the tone again for... Another Game of Thrones like show. Uh, they only changed a couple small things from the books, and I think everything that they did change is going to be for the better. So, yeah, uh, I'm pumped. We're gonna do a lot, a lot of Thrones talk in this episode. Don't you worry, we're gonna get there. Um, I wanted to start off the show today with a little bit of a show update, kind of a thing. Um, as you guys know, as we've talked about, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of content coming out that's on right now, and for us to try to cover all of it in one show would just be an impossible task. We'd be doing four-hour shows which obviously we don't want to do that. I'm sure you guys don't want to watch that. So we've been trying to figure out how we're going to break it all down. Uh, I was talking to Los, and since we are both very, 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 very passionate fans of Cobra Kai, we decided that was a good place to try and start. So as you guys know, Cobra Kai Season 5 comes out next Friday, September 9th, uh, but it's on Netflix. So we have the disadvantage of it not being a weekly release show. The whole thing comes out on that Friday. Now, I know me and Kalos are probably going to binge through the whole thing, but we're trying to figure out how exactly the best way to cover this show is. So what we decided to do is we're going to do a three-part Cobra Kai recap for season five. This is going to be completely separate from our regular weekly episode, uh, regular episodes. Um, I told Kalos that for these, I definitely wanted him to be over here with me co-hosting driving the conversation because it is a show that we're so you know passionate about and I think it would be a little bit of a waste to have him over there behind the board. So two of my friends, two of my buddies, one of which you guys know, Seth Rogers, who was on the show last week, and then another one who I think you're going to meet uh, next week, uh, Adam Ledoux, 
have both volunteered to help out on the producing right. side. So they're going to come in and they're going to produce those shows for us. But basically what we're going to do is we're going to break down the season into three parts. We'll do episodes, say, one to three, then say four to seven, and then say, you know, eight to ten in the last. And we'll do it in three parts. And like I said, that'll be separate from our regular episodes. And those are going to be just full-blown Cobra Kai. So that way we can give the show and the season the respect that we wanted to give it. You know what I mean? We can really flush out all the stories, all the episodes, all the characters, all the drama. Because like I said, it is something that me and Kalos are very, very passionate about. And, you know, we want to talk about it as much as we can. So I might show up in my full karate outfit for that. That would be awesome. I think the people would love to see that. You're, you're a black belt? Uh, yellow belt. Right? <laughs> it's fierce. <laughs> The strongest. Looking strongest yellow belt you ever see. <laughs> <laughs> but we are looking very, very forward to that. So like I said, that's coming on September 9th. I think the plan is, uh, hopefully, if we do binge the whole thing, which I'm sure we will on that Friday night, I think we're going to try to record the first recap uh, on Sunday morning. It'll be uh, September 11th, I believe that morning will be, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, be the first Sunday of football. So it might be uh, something that you guys, you know, I'll probably upload it later on in the day, watch football like everybody else, maybe get it up first thing Monday morning for you guys to have during the week. And then, you know, hopefully try to do it three consecutive weekends, and that's how we'll, we'll be doing Cobra Kai. But look forward to that. I hope you guys do too. I, I can't wait. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Los, what do you think? Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm going to dive deep into Cobra Kai. That's right, baby. I cannot wait. And I'm telling you right now, you heard it here first, the hair, Robbie is winning the All Valley Season 5. Let's go. <laughs> the amount of hype that you guys have for this show, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm gonna, I need to catch up. You guys oh, yeah. just clearly love it. Yeah, you'll, make, you'll find your allegiances. You'll find characters you like, and uh, you'll stick by them and root for the best. But I love it. All right, I'm in. I'm one in, my, boys. One of my favorite shows. I literally... So there was a night this week. I like couldn't, couldn't sleep, right? I, I, I fell asleep really early because I've been day drinking, which is a sure thing to put you to bed early. So I fell asleep pretty early. I wake up, it's like 12.30, it's midnight, a little after midnight, and I cannot sleep, tossing, turning, going crazy. And Cobra Kai is one of the shows I like to put on to go to bed to, you know what I mean? It's good just like tossing on the background, it's funny, feel good, you know what I mean? It's good thing to fall asleep to. So I've been, you know, it takes me a while, but I get through it. So I'm on, so in the bedtime watch, if you want to call it that, I'm at the very end. I'm at season four, which is the last one that's out, episode eight out of ten episodes, right? So it's 12.30, I go out into the TV room because I don't want to keep Steph up, you know what I mean? I pop on episode eight. Next thing I know, season four ends. Now it's like almost two in the morning. I still can't fall asleep. Aggravation's beginning to settle in at this point. Hysteria a little bit. I'm like, what am I going to put on? I don't know. Cobra Kai. So I literally just put on Cobra Kai episode one. And next thing you know, I was on like Cobra Kai episode five by the time I fell asleep at like 5 a.m., and now it's like two days later, and I'm halfway through season three. <laughs> wow, that is pure. Once I start, I cannot stop. I'm just, I can't stop. Yeah, bingy. Yeah, very bingy. It is. It's just <laughs> such an easy, easy watch. You know what I mean? It's yeah. something, especially if you've seen it already. It's not something that you have to like pay overt attention to every single scene that's on. You can do some things around the house and shit yeah. and watch it. Not overly complex, but exactly super fun. And the way that they end, characters. the way they end the, every single episode just makes you like, all right, I guess I'm going to watch the next one. True, that's, yeah. That's literally how every Very single episode true. is. They do do that. Every, there's no, like, they don't wait till the end of the season to do some big drop. It's every single episode. It's like, oh, gotta go. No, come on, just keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. But, yeah, like I said, look forward to those. Uh, it's a good way for us to break down the shows because, like I said, if we were trying to cover all this at one time, it'd be impossible. We have Lord of the Rings starting up on Friday. 
We're definitely going to be cutting back on the She-Hulk, but I think they're shorter episodes, so I think we're going to be all good. But we're going to try to make the best shows we can regardless of the time limit. Uh, with that said, getting to the, today's topics, I suppose. I got three news rumor updates that I saw this week, all that which caught my eye for various different reasons. But let's start with Disney+. Plus who, as I mentioned last week, is doing a, doing a little bit of thing right now where they're taking you know big movies, big blockbuster movies that made a lot of money, and they're going to make a new series around it, try to catch some more money off of it. They're doing it with National Treasure. But it turns out they're also going to be doing it with King Kong. They're going to be doing an origin series featuring King Kong. It's going to be in the same universe as the King Kong Skull Island movie that came out, I think it was like 2013-ish or something like that, which I enjoyed. I thought it was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, but I'm interested to have an origin story for King Kong. I also saw it's going to be separate from the MonsterVerse, which I did not know was a thing. So I had to go and Google what the MonsterVerse hmm. is. And the MonsterVerse is only the newest solo Godzilla movie. I think it's King of the Monsters and then uh, Kong vs. Godzilla. That's it. So the Skull Island movie is not a part of that universe, apparently. Interesting. So this is going to be a part of the Skull Island universe. It's an origin story, apparently, about how, I don't know, how he got there or how he got so monstrous. But either way, I'm in. I like King yeah. Kong. I like Skull Island. I trust Disney+. Plus. I'm intrigued. I'll definitely check it out. You said this was a show? It's going to be a series, yep. Disney Plus original series. Uh, I feel like there's definitely going to be multiple Kongs, right? Because on that island, you see all his like ancestors' bones and stuff. You're and, like, already intriguing me. Yeah. You're already piquing my interest all over again. I mean, I hadn't even heard about it until so you just brought that it up. But great that's thought. what I'm thinking. That is a great, they, great thought. I love that. That'd be sick. There yeah. was a whole bunch of these bad boys running around. That would be awesome. <laughs> you said you said Disney's doing this? Yeah. Disney Plus. James Wan, the horror star, is on to produce it. I'm not sure how big of a capacity he'll be in, but <laughs> Disney felt obligated to mention it. So, I mean, I guess you guys would know him from all the Saw, the whole Saw franchise, the Conjuring franchise, the Insidious franchise. He's, just, you know, the king of horror. Nice. One I like him. So, so it's not going to be a kiddie show, then. It's not... No, but honestly, yeah, I thought that the, like the, that. the... Well, I guess the Kong, uh, the Godzilla vs. Kong movie was yeah, get, still uh, somewhat kid-friendly. We watched it yeah. with kids and stuff, but... It's still, they were intense. I thought that yeah. movie was pretty awesome. I love sure. that movie. And I love, I've already said, I love dumb fun like that. I like just shutting my brain off and watching monsters on screen, especially if it looks awesome like that movie did. Same. That movie cinematic was sick. The, the fight scene at the end, like the Tokyo with all the neon lights and shit was awesome. Actually, shout out to those guys right there. But um, nice. I'm, I'm excited for that. I think an origin story, King Kong, that'd be very cool. I'm in. Disney Plus, no reason not to I'm in on that. Do you know when that's coming out? I don't. I just I just saw that it's in the works, so it's probably early. I'm sure that you know, filming in a year or so, something like that. They gotta probably you know cast the whole thing, polish a script. The script could already be done, but you know, sell it to all the actors and you stuff. Got a ways like that. to go though. I get you. But yeah, a couple of years down the road. Uh, the second thing that I want to talk about is very interesting. Warner Brothers is continuing their downward spiral into what looks like gotta be bankruptcy eventually. <laughs> They only have enough cash to release two more movies for the rest of this year. And they are going with Don't Worry Darling, which I cannot wait to go see uh, in a month. And then um, Black Adam. Aquaman and Shazam both got pushed to 2023. I mean, DC is literally going to bankrupt Warner Brothers. A, I... a studio that's been around for our entire lives, one of like the faces of cinema in Hollywood, is going to be bankrupt because DC sucks that bad. And I have these morons on Twitter who sit here and, Justice League, <laughs> released the Snyderverse. 
Like, dude, <laughs> you can make anybody anybody you can put in charge of that. Like, I want I wanted James Gunn to be in charge of DC, like the whole thing, basically what Kevin Feige is to Marvel. But at this point, I don't. I love him so much. Like, please don't do that because even you can't save that franchise and that that whole thing. DC's toast, man. They're yeah. done. DC stinks. Did you? So I'm sure you saw like the stuff with the Flash, right, Ezra Miller? Yep. All right. Did you see the stuff with Batgirl? Um, like the trailers, the movie. I haven't seen the movie. No, 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 no. No, there, no one's gonna see the movie. Okay. The movie's done. The whole thing's filmed. The whole movie was done. They just literally they canceled the movie. Canned it. They just canned it. They <laughs> said it's gonna cost us too much to put it in the theaters, and we're not gonna get anywhere the return on it. Basically, just saying this movie's a huge piece of shit. They don't do cheap movies either. There must no. be at least like thirty, fifty, hundred mil. I don't know. I don't. Like, between, they do they legit movies. So I've already said it before, but when you put people in charge of movies that are all about the dollar and aren't like from the industry. It's, a, it's already a recipe for disaster because it's not like that's not what at the end of the day movies is art so it, like you have to have people that know art at the head of the table if you have these guys that are worrying about the dollar then you're not going to see what you're actually supposed to see and that's when things turn to shit and movies end up you know bottoming up so and they've put a bunch of guys that are all like marketing executives money managers at the top of that pyramid yeah and between that and then now DC's just awful like run lately it's gonna literally bankrupt Warner Bros which is crazy like I said one of the oldest you know studios in Hollywood yeah I don't get it DC is just not good I don't know why I just don't like it I mean not many people do the future is bleak it's very bleak like I said I mean they do so much they do way more than just DC movies you know what I mean like I said they're one of the oldest studios of all time and yeah Wonder Woman it's good they're gonna Maybe. body up. I, I haven't seen either uh, the two Wonder Woman movies. I, I, I gotta good. be honest. I haven't seen much from the DC universe myself. I've only seen a couple of things. I've actually stayed away from most of it yeah. because I already had a feeling going into it I wasn't gonna like it, and then I heard reviews, and I was like, all right, I'm not gonna waste my time with this. I yeah. have so many things that I'm constantly watching. I'm like, I'm not gonna dive into something I know I'm gonna hate <laughs> for no fair. reason. Yeah, you know I'm definitely I mean? not championing. Uh, yeah. My favorite DC project is butt. by far and away it's James Gunn's Suicide Squad. It was fucking unbelievable. It was like my that second was really favorite good. movie yeah, of yeah. last year. No, that was good. I think I had a number two. Yeah, I had a two behind Doom. It was like my two favorite movies of last year. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll rescind where I said that DC stinks. They just, they smell. Yeah, it's not good. Because <laughs> I, I did like I Suicide up, uh, Squad. That was good. I never even <laughs> saw the original Justice League. I did watch the Snyder Cut. And I actually thought that the Snyder Cut was pretty fucking good. And that was like a almost four hour movie. It was like three and a half hours. And I was just like... I gotta be honest, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. But I talked to Seth, who saw both versions. I think you saw both versions, didn't you? Uh, I watched the original, and then when I saw that the just, I mean, uh, the what is it, the uh, uh, Snyder, uh, the Snyder yeah, cut. Snyder cut was like three and a half hours long. I was like, same. Oh, so you didn't see the Snyder cut? No, just, I did not, oh, okay. No. All right, I was gonna say. So Seth saw both because I remember I was talking to somebody. It was Seth. But he said that there was definitely a lot of upgrades from the original. Just even just in, like as far as CGI and looks and stuff like that. He's like, I was saying how badass like the villain looked. And he was just like, dude, he did not look like that in the actual movie. And I was just like, huh. I could see why people would be upset then. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it black and white, the Snyder Cut? No, no not the whole no. thing. There oh. were parts of it that was, but no, right. not the whole thing. Gotcha. No, the majority of it wasn't. But there was like maybe 45 minutes of it or something like that was. Mm. But no, I, I was. I didn't was mind awesome. the uh, Justice League original movie either, but I just I couldn't do three and a half hours of watching that again. I was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I gotta say, me and Steph watched it, and neither of us at like either point really like complained. There was literally like when you have that long of a movie, that I remember there being about it was like a half an hour that was somewhere around like the two and a half hour mark where I there was the, for the first time where I was like, all right, things have been real slow now for a good forty minutes, like. Can we pick something up here because I'm starting to lag a little bit? And about as soon as I said that, 
fucking Batman comes back. Or not Batman, Superman comes back in his fucking black suit, and it was pretty dope. So nice. That was pretty cool, I'm not gonna lie. Uh but yeah, Warner Brothers. Uh hopefully they can do something, you know. Maybe Florence Pugh and Harry Styles can save them with Don't Worry Darling. <laughs> I know they're gonna get my money. <laughs> Uh, last and not least is something I'm very excited to see. Uh, my boy, one of my favorite actors of all time, I think one of the most talented actors that has ever lived, Joe Pesci is going to be coming out of retirement again to help out uh, Pete Davidson. He's going to be doing a show entitled Bubkiss. It is a fictionalized version of um, Pete Davidson's life. It's supposed to be heavily like Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I don't know if you guys know, but Pete Davidson dated Larry David's daughter for a while. And I know there's a lot of like, I mean, I don't know in how much they spent, how much time they spent together, but I know there's a lot of photos of Pete Davidson and Larry David together from like when he was dating, because they dated for a while. Cool. So I don't know how much they talked and stuff like that, but. I love Larry's sense of humor, but Curb is so funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Curb is great. Uh, And honestly, Pete Davidson's a guy that I didn't really know much about because I don't watch Saturday Night Live anymore, but then he did those two movies that he wrote and directed and starred in, and I loved both of them. Big Time Adolescence. And um, King of Staten Island. Yeah. Both of those I thought were really, really good. I yeah, I enjoyed both. those. Yeah, exactly. Funny, just like good times. Uh, which So now I'm, I'm, I'd am i say I'm kind of a Pete Davidson fan. Yeah. So, and Joe Pesci, like I said, coming out of retirement, retired in like 1999. Uh, you guys would know him from Goodfellas, My Cousin Vinny, Casino, Raging Bull. So many classics. He's unbelievable, like I said. He's one of my favorites. Um, since 1999, though, he's only done like two or three projects, one of them being The Irishman. He came out of retirement to do uh, Scorsese's Irishman, which stunk, kind of. It wasn't great. But yeah, it put me in a four-hour movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, was, it, it was I was snoring on the couch so, by hour two. So much fan service. Like the, you know, like, when people say like fan service kills movies and stuff, that was a definition of that because it was yeah. so over the top. And do every like, single cliche oh, it was mobster awful. thing. Yeah, it was, it was just really bad. Um, but I'm very excited. Like I said, I'm excited to see, you know, what else Pete Davidson's got? It's coming to Peacock. Joe Pesci. Apparently, Pete Davidson was the one that like kind of called him and, and wooed him to come back himself. So to me, that's cool. I'd love to see something from some you know something from Joe Pesci, especially with all the passings that we've had this year, especially yeah. in the mafia world. So so many man. Um, so I'd like to see Pesci back on the screen. I love Joe Pesci. My cousin Vinny is Hysterical. one of my fi- favorite. One of those movies. movies where if you've seen it a lot, like I have, you yeah. know every single line that's coming and you still laugh. Right, it almost makes like, it better. Like you're just, it's just so good every time. It's yep. so fucking funny, man. Yeah, great, great movie. I love that movie. Uh, I've seen that one a thousand times. Los, anything Pesci? Bump Joe kiss. Pesci. I mean, my first movie I fell in love with Joe Pesci was Home Alone, just because. Mm, oh Alone. yeah, good call. As a child, that movie. That's crazy. Still to this day, I, I, I love that about movie. that dude. Oh yeah. That's such a good call. Great, great call. Because I literally just forget about that one when I was rattling off those movies. And- yeah, it wasn't until I was older where I started watching the uh, Italian gangster movies. So yeah, Home Alone actually, is definitely what made so, me a fan uh, at first. Ass kicked. Home Alone, like Home Alone 2 was like one of like the very last things he did before he retired. Because that movie was like 1998, I think. And like I said, he retired in 99 and started pursuing like um, I think it was like a music career. Yeah, he probably sings. made bank off that movie. So. Oh yeah, dude, that movie's that movie, Home Alone and Home Alone Two is still playing like you know constantly during Christmas time. That's all they're still getting checks for those. They're not huge, but ching 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 never sure. ends. You know what I mean? But looking very forward to that. I'd love to see Joe Pesci back on the screen. Like I said, I'm excited to see what Pete Davidson's got to offer. Because like I said, I found those two movies pretty entertaining. If you haven't seen those, I would definitely check those out. Big Time Adolescence and King of Staten Island. Those are two free recommendations. Um, but those are really good. 
Uh, with that said, those are the three news things I had. I am going to dive into the two recommendations real quick that I have for you guys this week, and then we are going to dive into She-Hulk and House of the Dragon. Um, I was trying to figure out literally up until last night what I was going to recommend for today. Uh, Steph asked me, like, you, you know, do you have your recommendation? He's saying no. And at the time, we were literally flicking through the TV, uh, trying to find what we were going to watch next. And I saw a ad for Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. So I quickly click it. It says buy, purchase, nineteen ninety nine. But it's just got a picture of Miles Teller doing the strut. And right away in that moment, I was like, well, my suggestion is going to be Miles Teller movies because Miles Teller is the fucking man. And I'm talking directly to you, Seth Rogers. There are some people that are in my life who like to believe that Miles Teller is not talented. And I would like to say that those people are foolish. I love the hate on Miles Teller, but he is in a, you know, a few good movies. I'll give him that. So. While he is not a jack-of-all-trades, he's not somebody that can do every single role. He's not that kind of talented. He is exceptionally good at the things that he does well, which is portraying someone who is an arrogant, smug asshole. That is what I think he thrives at. I think he's fantastic in those roles. Um, the first one, both of these movies you can check out on HBO, by the way. I made sure to note that this week. I liked that. Both of these guys, uh, things that you guys can stream. A couple of the ones I've mentioned have been a little bit tough. I've noticed that, but what can you do? The first one is The Spectacular Now. Uh, great coming-of-age comedy, rom-com, young love kind of a movie. Uh, Miles Teller, Shailene Woodley, uh, Bria Larson. It is the first movie that Miles Teller ever starred in as the, like, as the lead actor. It's his first solo lead movie, basically. Huh? Uh, but he plays, kind of like I said, he's a, he's a senior in high school. He's got the very party boy mentality. He does not take life seriously at all. He's all about living in the now. That's all what he's about. Surprising. Whatever. That doesn't sound like Miles Teller <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, true. He's just basically playing himself. But, you know, he's just all about whatever, whatever comes to him right now, regardless of what the circumstances could possibly be afterwards. He just, you know, takes it. He jumps on in. And then he meets Shailene Woodley, who's basically the classic good girl next door kind of a role. And then, you know, next thing you know, a little spark develops, and then drama pursues from there. I don't want to give the whole thing away, but it's a great movie. Uh, Miles Teller, like I said, does a great job, even though there are parts of this movie where I want to fucking punch him in the face myself. I want to throw my cup at the screen because he pisses me off so much. I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, it's not because he's not a good actor. It's probably because he's such a good actor in these roles that it really just drives me crazy. Why is he so good at those asshole roles? Yeah, yeah. he just treats my girl Shailene real dirty a couple times in that movie, and I do not appreciate it. But uh, the second one is one of my favorites. I've watched it like probably three times since I found out about it, and that was like two years ago. Uh, and that's Whiplash. Uh, Miles Teller and J.K. Simons. And when I say that J.K. Simons absolutely fucking delivers in this movie, it's no understatement at all. Yeah, he kills it. It is my favorite role that he has ever done. He is unbelievable in this movie. Miles Teller is good in it too. Don't get me wrong. He does a good job. But J.K. Simons is unreal. Um, basically, Miles Teller is a up-and-coming young drummer. He uh, enlists in this, like I think it's the best music school basically in the United States. Uh, and J.K. Simons is his music uh, instructor, professor, whatever you want to call it. And the movie basically shows the difference between like dedication and obsession. And how far you can push somebody to make them succeed to their highest ability before you f- just break them entirely. It's an intense movie. It's a good movie. Uh, it's great if you like music too, uh, which I do. I come from a musical family. So a lot of good music scenes. Like I said, they go to a music school. It's the whole orchestra kind of a thing. 
but really, really, really good watch. Uh, it just seems like you guys both seen them. I haven't. I, oh, right. I've wanted. It's been on my list for a long time, but yeah, uh, I've not seen it. So great fucking watch. I know Los yeah. has watched it with me. A couple One thing times. I gotta say. Same thing with uh, I think believe last episode we were talking about Kings of the Summer. Another movie I uh, Whiplash. I've never seen until Nick showed it to me. Unbelievable movie, and you just gotta keep watching the payoff at the end. The last like ten, fifteen minutes of that movie. Oh man, just just watch the movie. I'm telling you, I guarantee you, yeah, 100%. You will come out of watching that movie, and you'll be like, awesome movie, and you're gonna tell somebody else to go watch that movie as well. Super underappreciated. Like I said, it, it came out. I think it's 20. If I'm not wrong, I'm pretty sure it's 2013. I'm almost positive, and I didn't watch it. Like I said, until I think two years ago. So like 2020. I don't even know. I know I saw it on one of the because I follow a bunch of things that you know recommend. Haven't seen this. Haven't seen that. Yeah. And that was on there, and I remember just seeing it. I was like, oh, shit, Miles Teller, J.K. Simons. And I just looked it up, and I think it was on maybe still HBO. It could have been something else. But I was like, threw it on, and I was just like, oh, wow. I was like, how have I not heard I about this movie, not seen this movie? I've never been – no one's ever mentioned it to me before. So I try to tell people about it because, like I said, it's, it's a great movie. Awesome, awesome, awesome movie. J.K. Simons is unbelievable. Whiplash. Go watch it right now. Definitely. Definitely. I'll catch up. You guys are you guys are filling my uh, to watch list. So yeah, that's what, that's, that's what we're trying to do. People are always yeah. telling me that they're always looking for shit to watch. So you know what I mean. I give try to, I try to give like two two things a week. You know what I mean. And like I said, you can check both those out on HBO, which I know is nice and easy for everybody. I'm not gonna send you guys on a fucking on a mission. I realized that like like last week I did uh, Summer of '84 and I was like looking it up afterwards and I was like this is not available like anywhere. I was yeah. like ain't no one going to like Redbox anymore. You know what I mean? Right. But hopefully some people have some some ways to go about things like I do and they were able to find a way. <laughs> Yeah. I know Kalos does. <laughs> you know. uh, so with that, I guess let's jump into our recaps, yes? Let's do it. All right, we'll start off with She-Hulk. She-Hulk episode two. Uh, let me start off by saying that I told you guys a little bit of a lie. It was my fault. I didn't know. I told you guys that this was only going to be a six-episode show, uh, and I found out this week that that's not true. This is actually going to be a nine-episode show. Uh, I saw when the episode came out that it was only 30 minutes long, and obviously with the five-minute runtime that Marvel Credits had, I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's a 25-minute episode, and that's one of our six parts? Like, that's kind of short. So I hit the Google machine, sure enough, nine episodes, which I now, actually, in hindsight, like more. I like, you know, nine-part, nine keep them short, get in and out. They did say it was going to be a sitcom show, and I do feel like they're keeping that promise up. I mean, it definitely feels very, very sitcom much funnier than I expected it to be. I laughed way more than I expected watching it. But episode two, I thought, uh, was another strong episode. What did you guys think? I thought it was fun. Uh, I just caught up on it yesterday and today because uh, of your recommendation. Like I said, I'm, I'm making the list and I'm yeah. working my way through no, it. No, we appreciate that, especially for the just for the show purposes. You know what I mean? We obviously want to have you in here to talk Thrones, but it's always nice that you can chime in with everything. So. Yeah, no, I think it was a really fun show. Um, the, the third wall break that you guys are talking about is really yeah, fun, yeah. fun way to approach it. And uh, I do like, I always comedy. enjoy those. I like that it's just different. I like that they don't overdo it because if they were doing it with everybody, then it wouldn't work at all. Yeah. But. I don't know. For some reason, I don't know if it's because of her character. Like I said, she's just very goofy to me. So it, which Ryan Reynolds obviously is very goofy as Deadpool yeah, yeah. and everything. Similar. I'm not sure if there's something to that. That goofiness that is why it works for both of them. But I'm enjoying it because she did. She does it again either once or twice in this episode. So. Yeah, yeah, and they get that rapport with her and uh, Banner, and yep. uh, just let because they know each other so well, they can kind of mess with each other, and you get to see their sense of humor and what they're like a little bit more you know yeah definitely and like you said get the whole whole origin story done in the first episode there and then yep. just get right into it yep 
Lois, what do you think about this week? Yeah, I've enjoyed the show so far. Me personally, I'm I've been tough on Marvel because I don't like everything that they're doing right now. But uh, this show in particular, I've enjoyed. It's it's pretty funny. Um, I like the characters. I like how it, it connects it to Hulk as well. And you got Mark Ruffalo in the show. So I've enjoyed it so far. It's it's pretty funny, and I definitely recommend people to go watch it for sure. I would definitely say I think you would agree. Um, through two episodes. Even though they're the shortest of the two episodes that we've seen from the three series, the strongest start to a series we've had this year, no? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like I said, I did like the first episode of Miss Marvel, but the second eh, the second episode was still okay. I was in on Miss Marvel for a while. The end is really kind of what lost me more. The second half of that show is what lost me more. But yeah, Miss Marvel just didn't do it for me personally. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see, even with, I will say that, even the fact that I didn't like those first two shows... I am excited to see both the characters interact with other Marvel characters in future projects. I do think eventually Moon Knight is going to be a cool character. I do love Oscar Isaacs. I do think that he look, like his costume looks very awesome. So I think that there's a chance down the road, depending on what they put him in, it'll be cool. Miss Marvel, we already know she's going to be in the Marvel's movie coming up next summer with uh, Captain Marvel. And then uh, Monica Rambeau from the Wanda series. So we're going to see her and some stuff coming up. But... I mean, just from a standalone stand, like from a standalone point so far, She-Hulk, I definitely would say, is my favorite this year, and it's not really that close. Um, but we open up this week. Uh, we are right after where we left episode one. We are fresh out of the courtroom, basically. Um, She-Hulk just saved a bunch of people's lives, hulked out in the ho- uh, in the courtroom, and, and saved everybody. And they go over to a bar, and there's people in the bar. They're all chanting, they're chanting for She-Hulk. She's all over the news. Uh, and she right away, first thing, please tell me that my name's not She-Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Hates her me. name right away. I kind of like it, to be honest with you. Yeah, like Bruce said, it's got Bruce a good ring to it, especially when you add the She-Hulk attorney at law, the whole thing. I like that. Which, I am so sorry to say this, but spoilers, spoilers, spoilers are coming in now. We're going to be talking about She-Hulk in depth, and that's my bad, and I'll get better at that. But, spoilers. Sorry, go ahead. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, were you say? Were you saying something? Or no, 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 no you got. Oh, it. all right. Um, but yeah, so she hates her name, which I feel like is a kind of almost a common thing among superheroes. I feel like yeah. they, no one really likes their name that much when they get it at first. Yeah, Bruce kind of jokes about it in the first episode. Um, yes, he's like the smart Hulk. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what they gave me. That's all. Yeah, you know, not my fault. True. I didn't pick it. Um. But she's in the bar. She's with one of her friends. Like I said, she's getting some free drinks. Everything seems all good and dandy. And then her boss comes up and says, Hey, Jen, uh, good job saving a bunch of people's lives today. Uh, but, you know, you're a liability, so you're fired. Which has to be illegal, I think. Yeah, you I get mean, fired for I mean, saving people's lives? I mean, that's just ruthless. You don't fire somebody on a Friday night at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tuesday night, that's one thing. Friday night, though. Come, come on. on, man. Have some respect. Yeah. And it was funny that she was all... Really drunk because she chugged like oh, five yes, drinks yeah, at yeah, his yeah. Hulk. Metabolism, yeah. yes, that was very funny. Yeah, good call. That was yeah. Like I said, there's a lot, a lot of little nidbits and like tidbits in this that I, I find very, very funny. But um, she gets fired, which is like I said, pretty crazy because I can't imagine that you could ever fire somebody for saving lives. Yeah, yeah they lost the case up. though. You know, there's a guess. liability. That's that's why nobody wants to hire. 
You see her. You see her going for interviews, and each place that she's going for an interview, it gets slightly worse and worse. You see, it's yes. like a real nice office, and then the next place is slightly less nice. And then before you know it, there's just like cardboard the, boxes uh, and like a dark the, room, like going for an interview. She ends up in the stepbrother's office where they go into that closet interview. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like yeah, like Lo said, uh, she can't get a job, you know, anywhere on the planet. Uh, and then we go to her apartment. She's chilling with her friend. And she's looking up something on her computer, which I didn't notice until today on our second watch. She's looking at, like, top ten places to, like, basically, like, start your, your life over or something like that. But then, I don't even know why, but my eye just, like, kind of dragged over. And I reround it, like, a second once it, like, went off. And I paused it. And you can see on the corner of the web browser, basically, where there would be spam, it literally is, like, three headline articles. And there are two references. The first one says, man with metal claws fights at a bar. Which, oh, like, man. what the fuck? Like, Wolverine. that's Wolverine. Yeah. That's Wolverine. And that's they like, are going to mash those, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's like, the, that was the first thing I've ever seen in any, like, rel- like any Good reference. Spot. Good spot. Did you just see that? I saw it in the second time because wow. I, I remember the first time watching it that, like, when they went to her computer screen, I, like, laughed because I thought it was funny. Cause they, like, they zoom in on what she's looking at, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the screen's, like, the whole screen, basically. But, like, the second time, I guess, I don't know, like, I was just trying to observe more of the screen, I guess, because I kind of already knew it was here. I just, like, my eyes wandered, I That's guess. That's where they do the Easter eggs, too, all the background stuff. Yeah. Like, and, like I said, it, it, like, went off the screen before I could, like, read it, like, the whole thing. So I just reround the second with Los, and I paused, and I was like, Metal Claws fucking find out a bomb. Like, that's Wolverine. And then as I'm reading that, Los reads, what was the other one? Um, giant coming out of the ocean or something like that. It was, an, it was a reference to the Eternals movie. Oh, which oh, has yeah. been giant ignored. Giant statue, yes. Statue giant of man. statue, yeah, yeah. yes. Come, like, giant statue rising out of the ocean. Yeah. That's right. Which someone needs to be talking about that more often. Like, nobody ever brings it up. I have seen that one on Twitter before, which I think yeah. is very funny. Like, I saw it was it went, like, semi-viral. Probably, like, you know, amongst, like, Marvel fans. That's and probably stuff. where I'm getting it. Yeah. But it was someone that's like, we've had, like... Uh, we've had, you know, Hawkeye, I think it was like Hawkeye, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange since like a huge statue was being born out of the earth and was frozen and no one's mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I no did find deal. very yeah. funny. What well, made me laugh that. when you uh, when you paused that was the ad on the top right for the for the, oh, Iron, for the, for the basketball sneakers, <laughs> the, the Iron Man 3s. I was cracking up about that. Was that was good, yes. Like Lo said, it's always good to look to the little nidbits for like that for the Easter eggs. But that was, like I said, the first reference that I saw to Wolverine at all, and even the X Men. So I was just like, "Oh, that's exciting! Baby, nice. let's go!" That's where it starts. It is. We got we got the X Men nineties. Uh, what is it? Nineteen that series, the animated series was X Men nineteen nineties, nineteen ninety seven, something like that. I can't even think of the actual name of it. It's got a year in there somewhere. But I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's gonna be on Disney Plus soon. Uh, twenty three. Yeah, twenty three. I believe. Aren't they rebooting a couple of their? Cartoons like are they doing? Yeah, they're doing a Spider-Man. They're doing a Spider-Man one. It's going to be like I think it's something to do with your not like not your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man thing. It's called something like that. But it's supposed to be like a prequel to where Tom Holland enters our universe. Cool. Yeah, I don't think he's voicing the character, but I know it's supposed to be like in universe at least. So, but yeah, they're all doing a couple of those, which is interesting. I'll check them out. Yeah, keep them coming. Uh, We go from there to a very pretty funny pretty funny scene i thought she goes to family dinner basically with her with her parents and a like a cousin and an aunt and uncle but they're basically just berating her about everything about you know getting fired um her dad's asking her what hawkeye's like and what he does with his arrows if he goes around the battlefield afterwards and picks them all up which i found to be pretty funny because a pretty good question to be totally honest with you like what does he do with all these arrows i guess a lot of them explode though probably right yeah one and done a few of them but yeah some some good technology out there he should be 
picking up. True. Tony Stark's probably got those things whizzing around, picking up all that junk and stuff like that. Uh, that's true. Yeah. But that was a pretty funny scene. I, I was entertained by that whole thing. She ends up basically just, you know, bailing on dinner after a little while because she's just so overrun by her psychotic family, just badgering her. What mother. I thought was funny was in episode one, they referenced another genius in the family, Ched. Mm-hmm. And I thought mm. that that was going to actually play into another character. And then it turns out he's just at the dinner table in a Hawaiian t-shirt. And he's just like, hey, I just got uh, promoted to manager of the Best Buy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, <missed that>. <laughs> I did see him. I didn't connect that, though. Yeah, that was a good catch by Lois in week one. He mentioned that to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't catch that. It was a good call. And then sure enough, they introduced him in the very next episode. And he's just a total jackass. <laughs> but the whole thing was pretty funny. I thought the aunt, the, uh, the aunt's like a hairdresser. And she's like, I can do your hair. We'll make it more. Look more She-Hulkish. I'm just like, jeez. Yeah, and she, yeah, and she looks like a wreck. She's all yeah, like, way <laughs> overly done. That's like, true. Yeah, crazy Good call. Hair. Yeah, good call. Uh, but like I said, she eventually she bails on dinner. You know, it's just so overrun by the family, just berating her with questions and ridiculous insults. Uh, so she goes back to the bar. She's drinking by herself this time, and the lawyer who was on the opposite side of her in her last case, uh, the one where she ended up eventually getting fired from. Comes up to her, buys her a drink, and offers her a job as a head of a new division that he's starting. And she takes it instantaneously. Yeah, no details. Yeah, no details, but... <laughs> Sounds good. She hops right in on it. I thought even this scene was kind of funny. Just the whole, like, uh, she asked him if he was kidding around. He was just like, just that's like, I never kid. Yeah, and the department was for uh, superhuman law, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't let that be known to her right there, of course, in the first meeting. He just says it's a new division. And, of course, she, like, jumps on it. And the other thing was funny, too, is uh, she, <laughs> after she accepts, she goes, uh, I, I only accept if I can choose whoever I want as my paralegal. No exceptions. And he's just like, I could not possibly care any less about yeah. the fuck your paralegal. Yeah. She's like, yes. He cares but, a little. He didn't even, like, pretend to care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Real. He could have got some extra, like, things exactly, out of that. Exactly, yeah. Like, Make like, it seem like you're bothered. He just yeah. literally could not be bothered any less. But I thought that was pretty funny. Um... I like the the paralegal, too. She's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, she's good. I like it. This whole show, like I said, has been very funny. So many references, which I'm enjoying. That's one thing I can say I like a lot. So many just little references to so many people. But Hawkeye, episode one was Steve Rogers, like crazy. A couple to Iron Man, which I feel like Iron Man, aside from the Spider-Man movie, hasn't gotten almost any love at all since he, you know, gave his life for the universe. Yeah. Bruce obviously misses him a lot. Very so much I so. I thought that was very yeah. sweet. I liked that whole stuff. The, the bar carving and all that stuff. I really did like that. I, that's Like I said, that's one thing I had liked about the show was all these references. Because, you know, I feel like Black Widow's gotten more freaking love, basically, than Tony Stark has since he fucking gave his life. She got her own fucking movie. But, you know, regardless, let's not get into those things. <laughs> R.I.P. and peace, Tony Stark. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we go to her first day on the job, heading into her new office. And... She promptly, like, as soon as she walks in, basically, she sees her boss, the same guy from the bar, and he now lets her know that in order to work here, she has to be in She-Hulk costume, She-Hulk fashion, all of the time, whether it be in the office, in the courtroom, all the time, because she is heading up a new superhero division, or superhuman division, I should say. She, not a big fan, that's when she breaks the fourth wall. Yep. Basically saying, you know, none of these other motherfuckers had to do this. They just treat me like a circus show. Yep. But then it kind of pays off because she ends up at a very dope office. Right. It seems pretty promising. She's, but they're still just buttering her up. I think they, that's before they said who she's going to be. True. That's true. That's a good call. Yeah. They're trying yeah. to show off a little bit again, I think. 
Paralegal's there again, kind of funny again. She's like, yeah, I mean, it sucks that you have to be like the Hulk, but look at this place. Yeah, this place is banging. Look at the view. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy waters. The uh, the funny guy comes in there, whatever you want to call him, an assistant or a fucking secretary comes in. There's <laughs> a little gift basket and the fastest the fastest way to the best bathroom to poop in. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Give her a map. Good guy. So I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. They were both immediately like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, that, true. That's right. Yeah, they, that's right. That was very good. Both instantaneously, like, so, so grateful. It's it's the uh, the info you need. Yeah, for real. That's like the inside guy. That's the guy you want on your side. You're starting a new job. Um, From there, she goes into her boss's office. She's going to find out that her first case, if she wants to contain her job, not only does she have to be the She-Hulk all the time, but she also has to take on her first case of abomination. Uh, basically, he says that you have no option in this. She doesn't want anything to do with it because obviously Abomination, you know, tried to kill Hulk, which is her cousin. Um, we haven't seen him much since then, but she's obviously against it. You know what I mean? She doesn't want to go and try to help somebody get out of jail who fucking tried to almost kill somebody in her family, which is pretty understandable. But again, he says, you know, it's that of fine. At least go meet with him. And she goes, all right, fine. I'll meet with him. So from there, we go to where I would say the episode really started to get real good. From here on out, the last like two scenes, three scenes, I thought were really, really, really good. This is where the show really picked up for me. But we go to the secure prison where Abomination is being held, and she is going in to meet with him and talk with him for the first time. And for the first time in a long time, long, long, long time, we see Tim Roth in the MCU He's- as Abomination in human form. Yeah, I didn't remember that he was Abomination. I think that that's one of my like three or four movies I'm missing is the, okay. the original Hulk. I can honestly movie. tell you that if you don't ever go back and watch it, you're not missing anything. And that's why I've, I've not uh, not seen it, but <laughs> probably should at some point. If yeah, I sure. Want to be comprehensive? Gonna, but. Yeah, if you're gonna do a rewatch and every, you know what I mean, like right. do the whole thing. There's no reason not to, but it's just it's not great. Yeah. It's definitely in my bottom like three or four Marvel content at yeah. all. It sucks, because this guy, Roth, is a great actor. And, oh, yeah. And Edward Norton's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Norton's, you know, obviously they say he's one of the toughest guys in Hollywood to work with, which has drastically hurt his career, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, think about that. Losing out on Marvel money, especially now, man. I mean, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Dropping the bag, bro. Dropping the yeah. bag. Missed, like, eight movies or something oh, that he could have been in. All, all the Hulk we've seen could have yeah. been him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mark Ruffalo's just like, dude, whatever, you, like I said to you guys, the, the World War Hulk movies possibility coming up, mm. he's like, whatever they want me, whatever Marvel calls, I'm there. Just come, you know what I mean? Just yeah. let me know. Sure, it's fun. I'm sure it's a great time. I mean, yeah. where are you going to get fans nearly as passionate about anything else that you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter what movie, it can be a huge movie, you're never going to get this kind of like fan service and hype. you like, Comic Con blows out every single year for these people just to get a chance to you know shake their hand and get a picture with them and spend like three hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, trust me, I want to go to Comic Con. Look at that. I've looked at going. And the prices are fucking. It's like going on vacation. Really? Yeah, so, I mean, hotels just balloon that weekend and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like if you like, do they do it in Rhode Island, which is you know right down the street from us? So like we can go and like just get passes, which would still cost us you know a couple hundred bucks, but passes. But like if you want to do like. Anything as far as like meet and greets and stuff like that, you gotta spend for them. So Damn. it gets very costly very quick. Damn, I didn't know. Um, but like I was saying, we get the you know Tim Roth the first time in a long time since the Incredible Hulk movie in human form. He has very much like Hulk has. He has found his chi, <laughs> which is pretty funny. I I enjoyed his whole little spiel, his whole little intro. Uh, basically, he was saying how he gave his side of the story for the the Incredible Hulk movie, how he was just. 
being used by the United States government, was souped up with the serum. He thought he was going to be the next Captain America. He says, <laughs> yeah, he that was hilarious. Yeah, I felt bad for him for a second there. Yeah, no, he does yeah. a good job of painting his side of the uh, the, the events. You know what I mean? He does. He, he paints a pretty good story. Um, but the biggest takeaway is that he mentions he has seven soulmates, as he puts it, or pen pals that are waiting for him that want to start a new life with him. That is the Thunderbolt movie. I mean, it's got to be. To me, right away, that's the Thunderbolt movie. I'm thinking that there's seven people writing to you. You know what I mean? We already know a couple of them. We know Valentina, uh, which is uh, Elaine from Fran- uh, Seinfeld. Oh, cool. Julia Louis. So she's obviously, yeah, she, she's like the, the head girl who's pulling all these bad guys together. But yeah. we know we got uh, Yelena Belova already. Seems like she's going to be a surefire candidate. Yelena. Uh, John Walker. From, uh, John Walker from the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier series. We got him. Uh, then Abomination looks like he's going to be a third. So we already got, a f- I mean, a few right there who I feel like are, are going to be pretty easy slide-ins. A lot of people are saying Taskmaster they think could be one. I guess he's a big part of the Thunderbolts in the comics. But I don't know, man. I have a hard time believing that they would bring Taskmaster back after how she was received in the Black Widow movie. Because everyone, including myself, said that that storyline was the worst part of that movie. And was the only thing that I really had that I complained about. I said the villain was terrible. They just butchered her. Um, so I... I don't know. I mean, I could they try and fix it? Maybe. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, also, if we get uh, Baron Zemo. I think Baron Zemo is definitely going to be a part of the Thunderbolts. He's a big part of it in the comics, too. So, like I said. Who's that? Baron Zemo's, um, like, the guy with the purple mask from Falcon and Winter Soldier. The rich guy does the dance. Oh, and gotcha, gotcha. Man. I love him. He cracks me up. I love that guy. Yeah, he's a good character. <laughs> he's got some swag, you know? Yeah, he, he's got a ton of swag. He's rich as hell, baby. He's got so much swag. Swag for days. That's why I love him. But... Like I said, he's, we already got a few of those people on the radar for who it could be, but that's what I think that has to be a tie-in to. I don't think that's just some throwaway joke, like, oh, I'm in jail. I have like people writing to me because I'm in jail. No, I think that's sounds, a direct tie-in to the Thunderbolts movie. Sounds like a good call. And it, it, That's a movie coming up, not the a The Thunderbolts show. movie yeah. is confirmed, Phase 5. Uh, I think it ends Phase 5. I think it's like 20, I think it's 2025, somewhere 2025, I believe, wow. something like that. Okay. But that is gonna, it's going to end Phase 5. Um, and also what we're going to... Actually, in a second one we're going to talk to, I think also almost kind of confirms what I'm saying, but we're going to find out in a minute that he's going to end up breaking out. Um, so I feel like that's almost like a surefire sign that if he broke out, he obviously didn't do it by himself. You know what I mean? Right. So I think we're definitely, I think that was definitely a, uh, a nod to the Thunderbolts movie that we're going to have. But uh, the other thing I thought from this scene, he, she, uh, Jen, Wal- uh, Jen Walters, she Hulk, says that she thinks that he should. Basically, tell his actual truth rather than telling the audience or like the, the court what they want to hear. Be honest. And he goes, I've already been honest. I wrote them all haikus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then starts reading one of, the haiku, one of the haiku poems. I thought that was fucking hilarious. That really cracked me up. Um, but basically, Jen leaves. And I think she feels like he gave a good, good side of his telling for the events, like she said. And he's, she's probably going to help him out. And then we go to the last scene of the show where she calls her cousin, uh, Mark Ruffalo, the Hulk. And she basically asks for permission, but she does it in a very funny rambling way like she actually does earlier in the show. Same thing. Doesn't let the Hulk get a single word out. But the Hulk says, you know, hey, don't worry about it. I actually already uh, talked to Abomination a couple years ago and we worked things over. He actually wrote me a really nice haiku. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then he also says a great joke that I loved where he goes... Uh, that was a long time ago. I'm a totally different person. 
Literally, and which is I thought again very yeah. funny because that was literally Eddie Norton's movie. He wasn't even in that. Oh yeah. yeah. So again, I thought that was very doesn't, very funny. Doesn't she give a look at the camera right after that too? I think she like he does. Okay, he does. Yeah, he does that. So he he, does, like, the he wall. like yeah. Not yeah. just like yeah, it kind of breaks the wall sort of yeah. yeah. Gives like a little nod almost to the audience. Like you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah. But I thought that was very funny. Um, like I said, she uh, basically you know says I'm gonna take this job. He says you know do it up. So she calls her boss, tells him the same thing. I'm in. Let's do it. And then he goes, all right, turn on your TV. And it turns out Abomination, with I'm assuming the help of his seven new soulmates, mm-hmm. escaped from jail. And we see him again in the scene from Shang-Chi, where he is fighting Wong in the fighting pits. So he's out and about. And I like that they tied it into Shang-Chi. I like that they're tying some of these projects together that we've just seen. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. So yeah. now Abomination is out and on the run. I wonder if we're going to see him again, which I think we're going to. I think we're going to see him again in this show. I don't think that's the last Yeah, one. since it's a Hulk series, I think you're definitely going to see more of Abomination in this series, 100%. What is, uh, in Shang-Chi, is the Abomination a prisoner at that place, or is he kind of free will? It seems like he's free will, because once him and Wong finish their fight, Wong leaves with them, which okay. is actually weird, because Wong, yeah, Wong is like mentoring yeah. and stuff. So yeah, Wong definitely opens up one of those portals, and they both go through it together. So yes, and Wong has no evil in him, right? He's no, like the no, best no, guy. No. That's yeah. actually all very interesting. Actually, now that we think that, because I wonder how that's all going to tie together. That's interesting. Maybe Doctor Strange and Wong are going to meet up with Valentina or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he still wasn't really having bad intentions escaping. I don't know if he's reformed, but uh, no, but just no. got out now. No. I mean, I think he's going to be like he's going to be more of a good guy now. I think yeah. he's definitely a bit reformed. I think they're going to try to keep a little bit of that like Suicide Squad-y image for this movie because it's going to be you know what I mean reformed bad guys. Right. So they won't be like super super good, but they'll be good. You know what I mean? That's a good call. But I am intrigued by that movie. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Like I said, I like a lot of those characters. I love Yelena Belova, so I'll watch anything that <laughs> she is a part of. I can tell you that right now. But the other big thing from this scene at the end of the show was that the the Hulk, as they kind of zoom out is on the Sakarian ship from episode one that basically ran them off the road, which caused the accident that Jen eventually became the She-Hulk from. He's on that ship. He's heading into space. He says that he will be back soon. He's got some things to take care of. Now, I mentioned that Disney and Marvel are trying to purchase the rights to do a solo project for the Hulk. And I looked up the comic strip for the World War Hulk, and that's exactly where the World War Hulk comic takes off. The Hulk gets basically called to Sakaar by the Grandmaster to deal with circumstances from when he was there on Ragnarok. When he gets there, he finds out, which I'm not sure if this is how they're going to do it. I have a feeling that they're not, that they're going to do something different. But apparently when he was on Ragnarok, he actually found a wife and they had a child. And basically he's told that the wife and the child are dead, which leads him on a fucking just disaster course, basically. Brutal. So, I think it's going to be something similar to that. I could see, you know what I mean? I, it does seem like they're going to do the World War Hulk movie that is his most popular comic strip, that is his most, uh, his most famous one. And that is, like I said, that's where it starts off. So, I don't know if they're going to do the whole wife and kid thing. I think they'll probably do something a little bit different. But I could be wrong. They could do it that way. Who knows? I would just find that a little strange. But Definitely seems like he's completely done with She-Hulk, though, I'd say. I would say more than likely. I mean, I could be wrong. It could be quicker, but... I, I, if I had to guess, I think he's going to have some shit that he has to go take care of. That's going to take a while. Yeah, I did notice the first episode. It said guest starring um, Mark Ruffalo. Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. So it's it's and not like also, he's even in, in the cast necessarily. Yeah. Like, we saw a ton of stuff of like them in the trailer together, and almost all of it was in the first episode. Mm. 
while it seemed like they really played it up like he was going to be a regularly like regularly occurring character it seems like maybe not so much actually I could see them keeping him in in this capacity maybe like calls and stuff like that mm-hmm. just like little like almost cameos five minute conversations and teasing the next plot he's going into yes I yeah. could see that I could definitely see him being in it on that capacity yeah but Altogether, that was a pretty good episode, I thought. They did a uh, another after-credit scene. This one was just pretty comedic. She was helping her dad move a bunch of stuff as She-Hulk. But I like that they're doing these little funny little uh, you know, after-credit scenes and stuff. They're, they're enjoyable. Yeah. But uh, altogether, pretty solid episode, I thought, right? Yeah, I'm going to watch it now for sure. Nice. I like the recommendation, and I'll be following along. Yeah, it's a good one. You know what I mean? It's just dumb fun, quick episodes. You know what I mean? It is very sitcom-y and stuff like that. But it, it, like I said, it's way funnier than I was expecting it to be. I mean, I was I mean, I mean, was hoping it to be you know, funny. I thought I'd have some laughs. Any Marvel project, basically, at this point, has laughs. Yeah. But this one I actually genuinely find like quite funny. Even the little jokes and stuff, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm very entertained. So we're looking forward to more of that. Uh, next episode will be on uh, Thursday, so definitely check that check that out. Uh, and now let's let's jump into the good stuff, huh? Let's do it. I'm ready. So the reason, as we told you guys, that Luke is here, he is our Westeros aficionado. He knows all things Westeros. He was awesome as far as telling us what to expect. I thought in his first episode, uh, his first appearance on the show, he told Thanks. us really what to expect, and I thought you did a great job. You told us exactly where we were going to start off. I was pretty lucky, but I'll, I'll take the take the praise. Hey, man, I, when you know, you're doing things like out. that, you got it. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. take the praise. They still skipped right through it, though. Like I said, I wasn't sure if they were going to take three episodes to jump yes. those ten years, but it was... Nice. Two minutes. It was in. still nice to get that insight, though. You know, it yeah. was absolutely no. Luke did a great job. I thought he, he gave us a, a bunch of good information for that first episode. Um, and like I said, you nailed nailed a lot of stuff. So thank you. There's a lot of times with Thrones too. I remember the first time that I watched Game of Thrones season one. I I just had no idea what was going on. So it's yeah, nice to have some face. idea of what's going on leading into the show, which was nice. Definitely, definitely. Because I even saw like, for instance, I saw like, I mean, which I'm sure maybe some people. Maybe some people want, like, this aspect of it, I guess, what they're watching. But, like, for instance, you laid out for us that it's going to be, you know, aunt versus niece. Yeah. Princess versus princess kind of a thing. So, for me, I liked knowing that. You know what I mean? That's just like, okay, cool. Like, that's what the Dance of the Dragons, which is going to be the main focus of this is. Well, it's going to be more stepmom. Yeah. And, and I, was saying, I yeah. saw a bunch of people that were online basically saying, like, that Damon, like, right away, like, oh, I can't wait for Damon and the princess to be at odds. And I was just like... Yeah. I don't think so because my guy told me different. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think they'll be okay. But stuff like that, I, I liked already kind of knowing a little bit, you know what I mean, who was going to be with who in some aspects and stuff like that. I thought you did a great job, like I said. Thank you. Try um, not to spoil anything, too. Try to give you some things to be excited about. Yeah. Without, uh, without giving you anything. anything Definitely. Especially uh, the, um, all the stuff with Daemon's Dragon and stuff. Yeah. I feel like... He's you cool. got me excited for that guy, and I was still like, "That guy's awesome." Yeah. That dragon, I don't know his name yet. I'm gonna, but that guy is awesome. He is cool as shit. Yeah. Caraxes, the blood worm. Yes, that is. Sick. That's Daemon's uh, yes. dragon. Oh yeah, Caraxes is a good name too. The blood worm, sick. Yeah. And uh, he has those little uh, ankle wings. I was telling you about too. Yes, yes, oh, yes. No. He kind of like awesome. flaps them too, and he kind of. I don't know if you noticed, they, uh, he kind of like slithers through the sky, yeah. like, a, like he's a sea serpent almost. Definitely. Yeah. Like his, he flies differently than the yeah. other His guys. screech is pretty unique, awesome. too. Awesome, I love yeah. that. Yes, I love that this week. I love that screech. Very, yeah. very different from fucking more than... It, not, it, it, was a, it literally was a screech. It wasn't like a roar. Great screech. Yeah. <laughs> Top fucking, notch. Like, it's fucking awesome. I loved it. Uh, but overall, the second episode I thought was very strong. I thought it was very Game of Thrones-esque. 
I think that it put a bunch of characters into places on the chessboard that we needed to get them into in order for this story to kind of take off. I think a lot of like the first dominoes were kind of knocked over in this in this episode right here. Yeah. Well, it might have seemed like kind of a slow episode. I think at the end of the day, we're going to see that there was a lot of events that happened because of things that happened in the second episode, it felt like. Yep. No, I think they... Like you said, they covered a ton in the first one, but they just really advanced the story. They they told you who everybody was, and then they went through three or four really key right. interactions. Uh, people are switching. You can kind of guess where everything's kind of going here. Yeah, yeah. No, like, they're definitely giving us a good insight, yeah. I feel like, on where things are going. And they are moving very fast. Yeah. Both episodes, I feel like, have moved very fast. Yeah. And they skipped six months between episode one and two also. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. All right, yeah. So, actually, let's get into that. Uh, spoilers ahead. If you guys haven't seen House of the Dragon episode two, go check it out now and come back. But we're going to be diving in. Uh, let's start off right spoilers. at the beginning. Right at the beginning. We were very curious about it. Going into the show, we were curious about it last week. I thought they did a great job with what they decided to do. They said, listen, we know that the last season of Game of Thrones stunk. This episode, this first episode, we want to bring everybody back into the fold. Anyone that might be on the fence, we're going to bring you back in. We're not going to play any gimmicks. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to bring you back in. And then episode two comes. They know that they just got everybody. And then they drop the fucking intro song that we know and love right on our faces with a little bit of a new design now. Much darker design, which to me, I get the impression that this show is going to be darker than Game of Thrones is just based off of that intro. Very black, blood running through what looks like the king's carving of uh, Valeria, basically. Definitely. But to me, that intro, as soon as I heard it, A, I was hyped. I got all excited. I was like, oh, baby, like, let's go. We're really back now. And like we said, actually, last week, you know, why even try to strike gold twice? You already know you got something in the bag. Just run it again. Everybody loves it. Just keep it going. And I was hyped. I was, I almost jumped off my couch. I was so excited. Yeah, it got me going. Just like you said, the same beat we all know, but just with a little extra kick to it. And then just crazy visuals on on the whole intro too. The yes. blood just like creeping through the city and the blood was weird. Joining into a like waterfall. Yeah, it was definitely like a bloodline thing. Right. All those little spinny things that it was connecting to were all these different, different families. Different families. I was thinking the same thing. Like which they do in Thrones. They travel right through all the families, basically. Yep. They do more geographically of that one, but this one it's just like right starting at the top of the Targaryens or the first Targaryen or whatever and then yes, it's like, yes 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 and then it's kind of spreading through yeah, it's almost tree. like an intricate family tree you know yeah. yeah yeah but of course because it's Targaryens all the blood's fucking intermingled and shit so it's very interesting right. it's all the same gotta keep it going yeah when those when those two uh, bloodstreams reemerge it's getting some big waterfalls <laughs> shit goes down but like I said, that was an awesome way to, I felt, start the second episode was with, with that. Because like I said, everybody was in after that first episode. Actually, yeah. while we mentioned last week, it was the highest viewed uh, premiere of 2022 and the highest viewed premiere in HBO history. HBO came out and they just said, I don't know why they were even waiting. Like they thought that, you know, it might not be a hit. But they came out and right away they announced the second season after the first episode, which is awesome. And then I found out that episode two went up in viewership from episode one. Went up by 2%, which I was like, that's fucking when you know. Because that means everybody that was here for episode one stuck around, came back, they told some of their friends, and now we're just going to keep growing. We're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, the hype is real. Yeah. Catching on. No kidding. So uh, we start off the episode, like Luke said, we find out that we have jumped six months ahead from where we were at the end of episode one. 
Now, we are dealing with, we get our first glimpse of the crab feeder and his little uh, mirage of bandits on the shorelines of the step zones. Yeah. And just like Lord Collis predicted in the first episode, he ended up being right. He was overlooked. It turns out that these guys are basically over on the step zones. They've sunk in a couple of ships, four or five ships. They're basically killing a bunch of men. They're, you know, leaving them on the beaches to get eaten by crabs. Collis is furious. And again, Otto Hightower virtually just kind of brushes them off. Yep. Which is, I mean, got to be absolutely infuriating. The king, you know, basically says that they're not ready to go to war with the free cities. He says that they're, they're doing some things or some small things to take, you know, uh, in case something bad happens. But basically, they're not going to do very much. Lord Collis is disgusted. Right. And then Princess uh, Reynara from the corner, even though she was just made heir at the end of our first episode, is still being asked to be a cupbearer. For the high council, which I the have disrespect. to disrespect. Yeah, I have Unbelievable. to imagine it pisses her off. But, but she's still the cupbearer, and she says, hey, guys, we got fucking dragons. Like, send out a couple of us. Will She even says us. Like, she'll suggest that she'll go. Well, let's go hop out on our dragons. Three of us will ride over there. We'll light all these guys up. It'll be no problem. Be a piece of cake. And again, in typical Otto Hightower fashion, because he's a cunt, he brushes her off and is like, oh, wow, she's making sense. We got to get her out of here. He could, so even, just, he could even send Damon and his dragon. Damon probably would have done it, you know? Yeah, like, yep, exactly. But he instantly, well, you know what? So actually, I have something to kind of say about that. So he gets her out of there right away upon making a suggestion to basically do something about that. Now, we do not know. We assume that the free cities, that the free cities are putting the money behind these crab, the crab feeders crew to come to Westeros and start, like, you know, ravaging. But we don't know that. That's true. They do just kind of assume it. Like, we just assume like, Where do you think the ships come from? Now... I mean, I'm just saying, uh, someone that keeps overlooking these guys, basically just like, you know, throwing a hand at them like they're no big deal, and just continuously letting them move closer and closer and closer is Otto Hightower. It's true. Now you're going to tell me, I'm already, a, he's already suspect number one in my book, but right away I'm like, you know what? Who's to say this guy isn't fun in these motherfuckers? You know what I mean? Why is he letting these guys hang around and get stronger? He's already he got his issues with Lord Collis as it is. How do we know that he's not the one who's going there trying to weaken Lord Collis? You know what I mean? Make Valerians look a little bit weaker. I think that's definitely what it is. Yeah, he's cool with it. As long as he can keep making it seem like it's Viserys choosing it. You know, which is his exactly that's Otto's exactly. MO. It's like yes. those subtle suggestions. So fucking Peter Baelish. So yeah. little finger. Just directing man. his thinking so instead of telling him what to do, you know. He does I already already like first episode there was a ton of things that I pointed out that I thought were like, hey, suspect. Yeah. There is I think even more in the second episode. There are yeah. constant, constant things where I could be wrong on them, but if you look at them from a certain perspective, look very sketchy. For sure. He's he's like a Tywin mixed with Baelish. Ooh, I like, like that. Like little finger plus Tywin. I like that. Hand like the king's like easy, easy combo there. Yeah, but, I like but that. Yeah. Um, so he suggested the princess, you know, go basically do something else. Let's get her out of the room. Let the men talk. Again, being just belittled. Yeah, again. condescending. Yeah, again, just being belittled after you were just made the heir. You're still just being treated like the same like child that you were, just being the cupbearer. You know what I mean? It's not like now you're learning at the table. Like now you're the heir, so now you get a seat at the table. You can learn from your father still, but... She's just being, you know, treated like Arya was in fucking Harnall, yeah. which is just shit. Yeah. There's a bunch of examples coming up, too, of her just not having the training that she should have. Like, if, if anybody kind of just cared about her being in the air, she would know right. what to do. Yep. Uh, so it's suggested that uh, she goes and helps pick the new member of the King's Guard because the King's Guard is lacking a man. And Otto Hightower, they mention, and the current uh, head of the King's Guard, Sir Harold. Harold uh, Westerling. Harold Westling, who okay. is 
I don't know if you remember Westerling's from Thrones, but Rob Stark's wife, mm. Jane Westerling, the one that gets oh, shanked wow. at the Red Wedding. So, wow. not the same family. I, would I don't, never, I don't know if it means much, but, but yeah, it's the Westerling's. I would never have tied that together. Yeah, kind of an obscure house. See that, ladies and gentlemen, right there. That's why he's but here. Gives you some intrigue for sure. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, so the two of them have assembled basically, you know, a little crew of knights for them to pick one from as the member of the new king's god. So uh, Princess Rhaenyra, uh, Rhaenyra gets down there. She talks to a couple of guys and very quickly realizes that she's talking to basically schmucks. Yeah. So she's like, "All right, why are you guys all just like twenty knights?" Like. Otto's basically saying that, you know, my mom died and right away we needed to, you know, get the succession in line because we might be attacked. That the throne looks weak right now. So if the throne looks weak and we're worried about the succession and we're worried about the king and we're worried about all of this, wouldn't you want to have like the most bloodthirsty savages that are like battle tested and trained ready to be there to try out for this last spot because you want your king guarded by like the best in the realm? Yeah, it's, this isn't a time for a political play. It's, exactly. Yeah, it's time to protect the guy. So Princess Rhaenyra basically asks, you know, who amongst you guys has battle experience, real battle experience? Sir Christian Cole, who we've already seen from episode one, stands up. He says, hey, I've got some battle experience. She right away, she goes, okay, that's all I need to hear. You've actually fought people. You've actually won in battle. That's what we need. Picks them. I think good, sound thinking. For sure. That's the kind of people that I would want making decisions if I was picking someone who's in charge. You know what I mean? That's You don't want schmucks out there, you know what I mean? Because they have cool fucking armor and shit. So... Right away, Otto's like, oh, hold your horses. These other two families who have, who have knights here that also want the spot, they are strong alliances to the throne. And right away, I again, I go, well, are they actually strong alliances to the throne or are they strong alliances to you in case you decide you want to move on the throne? I know that I'm looking at everything this guy does through a suspect lens, but that's just because I think he's a suspect. No, it's a good way to think. It's a good way to think. You know what I mean? I'm just right away, I'm like, ah, I mean, come on, man. This is not the time for all this allegiance shit. Like, which one is it? You know what I mean? Is, do we want the fucking fighters or do we want to have, you know, a bunch, do we want the twins fighting for us? Cool, the Fraser here, sweet. Yep. What are they going to do? Nothing. They're going to die. They're bums. Right. There's there's uh, political reasons to pick a, like, Upstart guy from no like no real house too like right but for the king that's he, true it's just true. he's just doing his ploy you know yeah like you're saying and if you want to if you want to assure these alliances with these guys there are plenty of ways to go about doing that there are plenty of positions that you can give them in King's Landing that make them feel like they're important and respected right you don't have to make them on the king's guard one of the seven men that are protected to serve the king's defense at all times yeah, and are abstinent can't can't pass on their right, family yeah. name and like yeah, yeah it's like yeah, kind exactly. of a, it's almost a tough role to be assigned oh, yeah, to you know definitely like, it's not like an easy life yeah you're giving up a lot definitely definitely so um i thought that was very suspect like i said again only you know 10 minutes into the episode and i already found like five things that i'm like auto you are a fucking snake dude you're a snake yeah giving off some bad vibes big time bad vibes big time bad vibes but with that christian cole ends up on the king's god like a good 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 pick i think I, i'm looking forward to seeing more cole she seems like she has a little crush on him maybe too I think so. A they were checking him out at the attorney. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know. Why not? Go ahead, bang the king's god. Cersei used to do it, right, all the time. They didn't really do much of that in the show. They yeah. kind of skip out on that. But Cersei's banging all those king's god guys a bunch of those times. That's true. Yeah, especially in the books. Yeah, yeah. I did skip out on all that, huh? Uh, so from there we go to the king's chambers. and we have uh, my first what the fuck moment of the episode because something that I did. While I knew what Otto was doing in the first episode by sending Allison up to the king's chambers, 
I thought Allison was legitimately being like, oh, I don't know what to say or what I'll do. And then I'll just bring him this book and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought she was legitimately being innocent. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's six months later and they're still hanging out. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Why, why, why are you still here, bro? I didn't pick up on this. I didn't think that you actually wanted to be here with him and doing this thing. Yeah. And weird. clearly the king's liking her if he's still having her around six months later. For sure. Yo, he's the king. Everybody wants to be with the king. <laughs> Everybody loves Big Papa. <laughs> but that, like I said, my first what the fuck moment, I was very shocked by that. Because yeah. like I said, I just didn't... Even in the, the first episode when she does go in, it's a very quick, it's a very quick scene. Yeah. He seems kind of like confused by it. Like, you know, why are you here? Like, you're friends with my daughter kind of a thing. Like... Sort of this is weird, but, oh, you know, thanks for the book. And mm-hmm. it seemed like to me that that was that. Right. That was not that. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> there was a clearly a little bit more to it than that. I did not see that coming. I mean, it seems like she, uh, like, appreciates being able to, like, be there for him when he lost his wife. Where, like, she lost her mom and she needed somebody. Like, she, she likes kind of comforting him. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh yeah, I don't know. You want my truth? My truth? Do, do you think one, they're banging? Episode they're banging? one, I thought she was innocent as shit. Like I just yeah. said, I swore she was innocent. I didn't think she was anything like her scumbag father. Yeah. Episode two, I think she's a scumbag just like her father. I think that this girl, I think she knows exactly what to say. I think she knows exactly what to do. We're going to see it in a different scene with the king, but I think she's being comforting because she knows what she's doing. She's fucking digging those talons in, boy. Yeah. I mean, it's working. She seems a little reluctant in that she's being forced into it, but yeah, it, Whatever she's doing, she's not. Nah, she, she wants the king. Yeah, I think she. I think she came around real fast. Once she's got it, she's probably gonna hold on pretty. Tight. Have it your way. Do it. Uh, the only other big thing to kind of take away was that at the end of the scene, the king drops a uh, a figure of a dragon, which is gonna kind of play into things later on. But that's something that you, we should just note to mention. You know what I mean? Because like I said, it, it does gives Allison an opening later. But that's kind of how the scene ends. Kind of a metaphor for uh, Targaryen family. Yes. starting to come apart a little bit. Maybe that's true. Yeah. Maybe yeah. How fragile, know, how fragile it is. The other, the only other cool kind of thing was that because um, I didn't know what he was carving in that first episode. There, I knew it was some extravagant thing. I thought it was actually just King's Landing, right. but it turns out it's actually Old Valeria, which I right. thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and he kind of described it all too. And yes. Like, yeah. 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 He mentioned some weird building too. Um, it's like yes. where uh, where the ma- like the blood mages yeah. all it, it, like referenced some like kind of DNA kind of thing. I don't know. There's nothing about that in the book. Interesting. But like something about like being able to trace the lines like with some sort of magic or science huh. kind of thing. Well, like you said, we would love more magic. Yeah, and uh, that's what they mentioned too is that their their power and magic was strongest at Valyria, closest to the the volcano. That the highest ranked people lived highest up the volca- volcano, and that's why Dragonstone is built on a volcano too. So magic, okay. magic and power are really strong. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 that makes perfect sense. And like dragons are supposed supposedly thrive more at Dragonstone than anywhere else. And yeah, they probably throw, thrive even more on Valyria. Right, right. I got you. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Like I said, I'd like to see more magic from the show, so that'd be yeah. cool to see. I hope so. Um, so like I said, that scene ends, and then we go to a quick scene with um, the princess, Rainara and Alice and Hightower, and they are... I don't know if they're in the Sept. It was a building that I couldn't really recognize. Yeah, so it, it is the Sept at the time, but it's before... The Sept of Baylor? Yeah, but Baylor is like three, two or three kings after where we're at. Okay, you know, that makes and sense. So, yeah, it's, I was going to say, because like, the sub of Baylor, as we saw it, was like a be- you know, beautiful building. Very yeah. extravagant, very nice to look at, you know, appeasing to the eye, where this one was kind of dark, yeah. kind of gloomy. Yeah, I guess this one was built like when Aegon took over Westeros. Okay. The, the faith built it. Um, and 
Allison, I don't know if it's actually Allison or the princess, but one of them bring up the idea of the king remarrying. It's like the first time that it's mentioned in the episode. Right, which makes her seem sketchy too. Mm-hmm. I mention it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it is her that like that she's about. already, yeah, she's already she's already starting to try to plant those little seeds like, "Hey, you know, I might be marrying your dad and mm-hmm. I might be your ma. How would you feel about that?" Yeah. And you know what else she's doing in this scene, like I was just saying that she does to the king, is she's being very comforting, mm-hmm. extremely consoling. Um, she, you know, she basically, she gets Renard to pray. She asks what she should say, you know, but it's between you and the gods, say whatever you want to say. Right. And she's just comforting her the whole time and just being very sympathetic. And again, like you said, I, I think it's suspect. Yeah, I definitely. do think she's her friend. I don't think that she like hates the princess, but I think that there is a second, like a second moral to everything that she's doing. Right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if this is too early to bring it up, but at the very end, Damon's, um, Damon's wife, or the, his supposed wife, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, She says that she like wants to, she just wanted to be safe and like, yes, that's yeah, why yeah. she like went with him. So moving up the chain of power is the only way to, for, to be safe really, you know? So yes. that's kind of Allison trying to find her safe spot. She's like getting away from her father almost by getting with Viserys and like, she's just trying to find her safety too. A lot like uh, Masaria at oh, the yeah. end there. All right. I like that. I like that. But uh, that scene, like I said, you know, not too much to take from it, but just her starting to plant the beginning seeds that, hey, I might be trying to move in. You know what I mean? Um, from there, we go to a very interesting what the fuck conversation. We go to a cool little spot next oh, to the yeah. sea. <laughs> and King Viserys has called his cousin, um, the queen who never was, Princess Rainies, and her husband, the Lord Corliss, to have a nice little conversation. And he wants to... Try and soothe Lord Callus a little bit about his concerns at the Stepstones. And he wants to kind of say, hey, I'm doing more than I'm letting on. I am taking some precautions. I have these guys in place. I have these ships in place. I understand that this is an actual threat. Um, You know, I I am treating it seriously. But I just, I don't want to put us in all-out war with the Free Cities, which is understandable. You know, he says he always, you know, admired him, his, 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 his armies and all that, everything that he's built. And then Lord Callus basically says that right now the throne and the Targaryen family look a little bit weak. Yeah. And he thinks that the best way to strengthen the line and the view of the entire uh, family to the kingdom is for the king to remarry. Mm-hmm. And he suggests that the king marries his 12-year-old daughter. Where, huh? <laughs> He's I, like 50 plus for sure. Yeah. yeah. Instantly, I just go, what the fuck? Because I'm like, we did, it turns out to be true, but I'm like, are they talking about the girl that was in the first episode? The little one that was yeah. sitting in the stands watching yeah. the, ju- her? Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Baby face with the cool hair. Yeah. Uh, baby face with the cool hair. That's her. <laughs> um, but that I found to be, like I said, you know, extremely like, what the fuck? Like, that sounds crazy. But basically, he explains that that's the, the, you know, the best way to straighten the house. They're from old Valeria, just like they are. He's got a bunch of ships. He's got a bunch of soldiers. He's the richest guy in the land. You know, what better way to make the family look like they have a bunch of years to go forward than with a nice young marriage? Right. So... Uh, from there, the king basically kind of the conversation ends. But we actually, the one thing I did find interesting about that is that we find um, that uh, Princess is Raynar. She's overlooking the whole thing, right? Yeah, uh, Rainis is looking over. Yes. Yeah. She's yes. like watching. Yes. Yes. She's watching Rhaenyra. No, yeah. So you're, you're right. Rhaenyra's yes. watching. Yes. And then Rhaenys yeah, 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 is watching yeah, yeah. Rhaenyra. Yes. 
Actually, then, yeah, maybe actually not. It's coming up this. Anyways, yeah, don't worry about it. Um, from there, we go to an interesting scene: the king's hands, his little hand, not auto hands, his actual physical hand that we saw him cut in episode one on the throne, is now fucked. It's again like his back that we saw in episode one. It is un. It's not healing. It's not you know taking to any of the medicine that they've been using. They finally put a whole bunch of maggots on it, which was disgusting. Yeah, very, 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 very gross. But I was very curious right away. I was like, "Well, if his hand looks like this, what the fuck does his back look like now?" At this point, I was like, "His back's gonna look gnarly." Yeah. So this is gonna have to be like his eventual downfall, right? These wounds seems like it. I, I don't. To. I don't know any cause of death, but uh, it it does look kind of grayscaly. Yeah, I noticed that too. But there's nothing about that in the book at all. It's just me guessing. Yeah, I was gonna say in the grayscale, like, I, I, could he get picked up from a by like by a blade? I guess if I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know how all that would have to work. Blood yeah. and stuff like that, maybe. I don't know. It's very interesting. Grayscale's definitely around in this time period. Right. Uh, and this is a little bit ahead of the where we're at in the episode also, but the, the crab feeder guy. I don't know if you watched the... Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you watched the after Actually, the episode stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. or the um, they have another special thing after, too, called um, like Making the House of the Dragon or something oh, like no. that. But, um, but they said that he has grayscale. And that's why he's kind of messed up. That makes sense. Because in yeah. that very, very first scene, we see him, and he's kind of ugly as shit. I didn't know if that was like a mask. Yeah, dude, well, he has a mask. gross. He has yeah. a mask, and he has like a bunch of... It kind of looks like stuff like sea stuff was growing on him. That, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, That yeah. was grayscale. But he's just like living with it, huh? Yeah, and that's slowly going into madness kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I wouldn't, I'd be surprised if maybe, like, maybe there's some magic there, too. Yeah. Maybe keep he's got something that's a key warning it off. A sort of or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that'd be interesting. But yeah, so his hand is, you know, completely fucked up, um, doing the maggots, the, uh, the hand, the actual hand, Otto comes walking on in and the king tells him about what Lord Corliss offered. He offered, you know, his daughter's hand in marriage and Otto basically just kind of like is not happy about it. Obviously a right away. He's like, fuck off. This is going to fuck with my plans. Yeah. And then B, he gives him this little sob spear, which is again, him trying to dig his claws into the king, but he's just like. Oh, I don't envy you, Your Grace, having to marry and replace your wife for the realm. Yeah, just, just like just the soft off, redirect dude. to exactly what he's. Fuck off, dude! He I know knows how to manipulate doing. him. He knows yeah. him so well. Oh, he sure does, man. He has him in good duck. Yeah. Doesn't that suck? You're the king, and you can't even decide who you want to marry. It does suck. Yeah, yeah, I don't envy you. Yeah, like yeah, just taking okay. him on to do some shit that he wants to do instead of what he feels like he has to. Exactly. Yeah. But that again, that's like. I don't know, reason number five, I think, this episode is why, why I think Otto's very sketchy. Yeah. Uh, but from here is where we go to the scene that we were just, okay. I was, I mixed them up, but they're very similar. It takes place right after. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're all, they're, very, they're outside by the gardens in both of them, like the water's there and stuff. But the king is walking and we see it is, in fact, with a 12-year-old from episode one who is, in fact, 12 years old and like two feet tall. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, this is so gross and wrong. And Thrones, like no other show, makes you, like, realize where your lines in the sand are, like, faster than anything else. Because as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, no. Please, not the 12-year-old. Yeah. Go with, you know, the 15 or 16-year-old. That's much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... Like, that's still just fucked up. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> the better to slay better of both worlds. Like, this girl's even look 12. She looks like she's 10. I if know. that. Right, they're they're just trying to like desensitize us so we can we can accept the fifteen year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, at least she's not twelve. That's a good call. It's exactly yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. But I was like, oh my god, please no, don't do this. But they're having just a little conversation. They're uh, they're strolling through. I don't know. The king's got to be, I guess, contemplating this decision that he has to make. I have to imagine that he's really, really dreading it because basically 
she's only feeding him things that her parents have said that are all super, super weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My question is, how is there nobody else? Like, they give you two options. Like, how is there nobody else that he can pick to be a good wife? You know? Oh, I'm sure that there is. Produce a powerful, uh, you know, advantage in, in his political game. There's got to be somebody. Yeah, I'm sure that there are plenty of options. But I, like, I, like we've been saying, I think that those two guys, Lord Corliss and Otto, both have a lot of power already. So they're going to try to almost push a lot of those other options to the side. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Very interesting. As weird as, as weird as it is, like we talked, we talked about already, that that is the most powerful and rich family, the Valerians. Yeah. So there, there yeah. was a lot of reasons to do it. And so I think it was really just... She was the best choice for him, technically, politically. Yeah, from everything aside from the age, it was weird. Yeah. Everything else was right. the it was it was the best choice. Yeah, um, I mean, when you consider the fact that you know her mom is the queen that never was, you know what I mean. Their family right. is the richest in Westeros. She's they, half Valyrian for that reason half, too. Yep, they're half or, not even that, half Targaryen. She's half Targaryen. Yeah, hundred percent Valyrian, half Targaryen. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you figure dragon riders, or actually, no, they're not dragon riders, but. Regardless, they're from from old Valeria, so you want to keep that old blood thing kind of going. They would have a chance. They're fifty percent. There you go. So you know what I mean. There was a lot, a lot of benefits. Plus, obviously, they have all the ships. They control the seas. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So you know, it would definitely make sense to try and appease that family, especially when they are. It is your cousin. You know what I mean. I'm sure that he probably wants to probably do something for her after like taking the throne from her. You know what I'm saying? Not taking it from her, but winning it from her. Yeah. He seems like a good dude. I don't think he's like an asshole. I think he probably felt not bad, but you know what I mean. Had some sympathy for her. Um, but he's basically, you know, has a conversation with her. You can tell that he's like, this isn't going to fucking work. Like, this is just fucking wrong. This whole thing is fucking weird. And then we find out that Princess Reynara is actually watching this whole thing from above. And she turns and the Princess Rainies, her aunt, has been watching her basically this whole time. And they have their first scene together where they kind of, or even on screen really together, and they actually kind of clash for the first time. Mm-hmm. Something that we're going to see, I think, a lot of probably coming down the road. Um, but basically, the queen says that while this bothers her, which it should, think I'm thinking queen, the queen that never was, right. uh, she says that this obviously does bother her, which I hope so. I mean, she gets that giving her 12-year-old daughter away to an old man is fucking weird. This is... You know, what they do. This is what kind of world that we live in. It makes the most sense. And she also says that no matter what, the men of this of Westeros are never going to let a woman seat on the Iron Throne. They've already rejected her before, which I thought was one of the best episodes. I mean, one of the best lines of the episodes. She says, no, they denied you. They bent right. the knee to me. Right. And I was like, oh. Gangsta. Nut slap. Right. Nut slap. But then the aunt comes back right back with a little uppercut of her own. She goes, oh yeah, were they bending the, uh, were they bending the knee to you when you were serving them cups at the high council? And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. touche. Got him. Yeah, Got she did. <laughs> but I thought that was, you know, a real, real, real good scene between the two of them and it made me very intrigued to see more from the two of them. Definitely. Yep, they're, uh, they're good back and forth there. It gives you a lot of the vibes of the old Game of Thrones that we love too. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, she's just salty that she Thrones was the burns. queen that never was, you know? Well, yeah, definitely. She has Boo-hoo. a little salty for sure. And that's why she doesn't want Rhaenyra to take over necessarily because she wants it to be... The reason that she didn't get it is because of the men, not because of who she was. Like, right. If Rhaenyra gets it, then it's it's not just because of men. Exactly. It's, it's because, because of her. Both, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Bang, bang. 
bong. But I mean, like I said, we've already it's only been two episodes, and I've already seen some things I think from from Raynara that have shown that she can be a leader, like she can rule. But I mean, we haven't seen much from Rainies. I actually said last uh, last week that I thought this week was going to be like a heavy Rainies episode yeah. because of how heavy the first one was for Raynara. I thought it was going to kind of balance that out this week. And while she did have more scenes and she was on a lot more, she still like wasn't that predominant in the episode. She yeah. didn't do too too much. She'll come up. She yeah. I'm she has. Know, a, I'm sure. She's had a dragon since she was like a teenager. So I don't know yeah. why they haven't brought that up yet. No, but, no, but no. She, she has a big ass old dragon. That's pretty cool. Um, the temperament of the dragon is that it's uh it's like lazy but vicious when woken. That's what yeah. that, that's what the book says. That's probably because that's almost in a way kind of like how she is. She kind of laid. She seems laid back and very yeah. quiet and composed. She has her husband who's like, you know, see on the high council. It has a lot of power. He just lets him do his thing. Yep. And she doesn't have to do too much. You know what I mean? Yep. But I feel like, you know, if you start poking at her, she's going to fucking come at you, man. She's, yeah. like you said, Valerian, Valerian, Targaryen, from old Valeri, got a dragon. She's got that fire in her, bro. She's going to come at you. Don't poke the dragon. Yeah. This, so, like I said, that was an awesome scene. I really enjoyed that. At least that second, the second half of that scene. I really enjoyed that little conversation there between the two of them. And like I said, definitely looking forward to seeing more of the two of them on screen together. I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, from there, we go to the king talking to Alicent about the remarriage. And Alicent plays the king like a fiddle, in my opinion. Again, super comforting. Mm-hmm. Super calming, super sympathetic, um, for almost, not flirtatious, but she was, uh, you know, she wants the king. Him basically, so, I, she'll find yours as easy to talk to as uh, as I do. Yeah, it's such a slow play. Like it is. It's a like, slow play. like in poker when you just drag the guy into the pot. You know, just like yeah, just gets you a little more committed, a little bit more committed. Definitely not not like blowing you away with any of my tactics here, but and yeah. then. Got him by, got him by the balls. At first, because she doesn't know, she asks, like, you know, is there a ma- like, do you have a match yet? Is there someone that they're suggesting? He tells her, and she's just like, right away. They actually, they show her going to her nails again for the first time in a while, but right away, you can tell that that's fucking pissing her off. She starts digging at her nails, and mm-hmm. she nails it, though. She's like, oh, I'm sure she'll make a lovely bride. She'll be great and kind and lovely, and she'll treat you great. Right. <laughs> it's just like, oh, bitch, I see, I see <laughs> what you're doing. I know who your daddy is. Yeah. You know, I don't trust it. Um, and then to end the scene, she, as we mentioned earlier, she now replaces the broken figure that the king dropped, the dragon that broke, gives him a little gift, um, which another, you know, just again, just kissing his ass, kind of getting close to him. For sure. And mending the, trying to mend the family back together, right? Broken, Mm. broken family. Yes. She's the piece that's going to reignite the, the Targaryens or whatever, right? I like that. It's, it's I like more that. Targaryen babies. You and your, I like these metaphors you throw out here. Yeah. Trying, you know, trying. These are good. These are good. I like these a lot. Thank you. But you, know, you always seem after the fact. Like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. But they're always, they're always sprinkled through thrones. They love that shit. But even that's, uh, I almost, you know, did you, I, a little bit like the king kind of too, almost kind of like feeling her out by like mentioning it. Like, you know, like, hey, like they want me to marry somebody. Like, what you think? Right, <laughs> I know. Just, 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 just slow play, man. Just non-threatening. Uh, for real, yeah. Uh, from there, we go to the High Council, and we find out that Damon, which I'm thinking is through these tunnels that we've already seen him use in Episode One. Lord Varys told us in Thrones that the Targaryens built these things themselves, and they knew every square inch underneath King's Landing. Yep. He was able to sneak past fifty guards and steal the dragon egg of uh, Balon. Who was the son, uh, the heir for a day, the baby that just died in episode one? He stole the dragon egg. He took it back to Dragonstone, which he has been in, which he's been basically holding as his own for the last six months. He was at the end of episode one. He's sent off to the Vale. He just says, "Fuck that! 
I'm going to Dragonstone, takes Dragonstone for his own, he's holding it with the gold cloaks, and now he's written a letter, he said that he is taking a second wife, who is the whore from the brothel that he took with him, that she's pregnant with a baby, uh, and that the egg is to go, you know, in the in the baby's crib as the Targaryen custom. Yeah. Power he move. also invites the king to the marriage, which yeah. is in two days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just throwing a hissy fit and trying to get his brother to come talk to him. Yeah, which I thought was... Awesome, <laughs> awesome. I would have loved to have seen a, a quick, even if it was like two seconds of Damon sneaking in the fucking, just, just sneaking, walk right by everybody, just grabbing the egg, and it's like piecing. Yeah. Uh, someone to like back door, you know what I mean? Yeah. That would have been awesome. I mean, it seems like they just let him through. He's like, you know, he walks in, he's like, I'm taking an egg. They're like, no, you can't. He's like, are you going to stop me? Yeah, that's true, like, too. No, I mean, I guess he could have just done that. There's no bloodshed or anything. Just, no. Like kinda... I said, I took it he was using those tunnels again. Because we already yeah. seen him use it once. And just because I like the idea of the right. tunnels, they said the Targaryens built them. Right. And to they me, just he left the note or whatever, too, to say it was him. Yes. So. Yes. You're right. Yes, Maybe they didn't call. see him do it. Good call. That's right. They did say that. That's right. Because he left the note. All right. So you're probably right. But I like that. Sneaky. That would have been fucking cool. I also think that that's going to come into play in this show. I, like, if it is, that's going to come into play a lot, I think, in the show. These tunnels and shit. For sure. Um, but the king is furious. Even Princess Rhaenyra is is pretty furious because it's her baby brother's egg that he took, the one that she picked herself out for him. Right. Um, Dreamfire. Yeah. Which so has some seems like it has some new significance with the uh, the way they're retying the the Targaryen dreams. Yup. To like the oh, downfall okay. of everything. All right. It's, it does nothing like that in the books either. It's all new. Interesting. That the show's introducing, but. Dreamfire, like who named that thing? Like who's having cool these name. dreams? Yeah, cool name for sure. And, uh, I like how they do all yeah. the the eyes as wise too. I noticed that with the subtitles. I like yep. that. It makes it look a little bit cooler. Yep. Um, but that is interesting. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like take anything away from that just because I hadn't heard that name before, the Dreamfire name. But yeah, and so that's we'll see who gets that dragon because they took it back. Yeah. So from there, um, like they said, the king's all pissed off. Uh, Otto is basically volunteers, which I was shocked. Otto volunteered to basically go into fucking combat. And he said uh, he was going to go to Dragonstone because it's too dangerous for the king to go. So we skip to what I think is the best scene in the entire episode, I would say, no. Um, first takeaway, beautiful scene. The way it was shot was fucking sick. We go to Dragonstone. Yeah. Otto's there with his troops. Damon meets him on this <sighs> awesome bridge. You got smoke, clouds pouring over everything. That's actual... Like the capital, I guess, of Dragonstones, like in the backdrop behind you. They're just on this bridge. Looked awesome. Looked wicked, wicked, wicked sick. Um, and Damon is just like just treating this egg like it's a fucking baseball, like a kid in a glove, just tossing this thing around. Just like, hey, what's going on, guys? He meets him there with uh, his bride and a whole bunch of gold cloaks. They have a little standoff, and basically Otto tells him that if you don't hand over the egg and basically head out of here and like head home, you are declaring war on the throne. And Damon's like sick. He goes wonderful. I think is what he says. Actually, he goes wonderful. Yeah. Which I was like, huh? That that's interesting. I didn't. I didn't think you were gonna go that far with it. But um, like he just thinks he's immune to any getting in trouble. True. Yeah. You I know? think he just wants. Just like, I think like you said actually. I think he wants to talk to his brother. Yeah. I think he's because he actually he asked why the king isn't fucking here because that was clearly what his goal was was right. to get the king. He doesn't want to talk to Otto. He hates right. Otto. We find out he's not even planning to marry the girl or anything. Like, True. She, she didn't even know that. Yeah. Also, that's and probably why pregnant. Otto volunteers to go is because he doesn't want the king to be able to talk to Prince Daemon fucking like alone because if the king leaves, the hand has to sit on the throne. They can't leave together. Yeah. So if the king leaves to go talk to him, now Daemon can basically dig his claws into him as much as he wants, get into his ear, convince him of anything, and Otto can't do shit about it. Right. I bet you that's exactly why he volunteered. Sketchy yeah. reason number six. Yeah. Wants everything to go through him. Uh, so, right after, you know, basically he says, good, 
like Otto's like, all right, dude, like you really want to do this? Like it's gonna lead to your death. And Damon's like, yeah, yours too, bro. And then all of a sudden, Carlaxes, 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 Carlaxes shows up, lets out the screech that we were talking about earlier, and just like makes all of them shit their pants. Even yeah. uh, Sir Kristen Cole, recently King's Guarded, he's there. He actually gives a nice little jab, uh, verbal jab to Prince Damon, reminds him that he knocked him off his horse. But then when he sees that dragon, boy, does he shit. He changes his expression real quick. He's a little cocky at first, and then he sees that dragon, he's like, fuck me. This is not good. That dragon is massive, too, man. They make his head look big because of the worm thing that you were saying, but in a second, or actually not really in a second, but... Actually, yeah, the princess is going to show up on her dragon, and they show the dragon to dragon, and his is just like almost twice the size of hers. Yeah, hers is a little more built for speed. Woo! Dude, Damon's dragon's got an attitude just like he does. Yeah, he really does. In the first episode when she lands, though, in that opening scene, she says that it's almost as big as Craxy's and almost big enough to yeah. fly to. Yeah, so I mean, it definitely wasn't small. Not like I half, know, but by almost. By no means, yeah. but... It's getting there, but yeah, more more speedy. And yeah, Craxies is the second biggest one. Big boy, man. Yeah. Um, But yes, like we just said, again, awesome, awesome cinematography. Princess Rainara shows up with her dragon, but she literally, you see it coming from underneath the clouds. It's almost like, it's almost like it's on the water. Yeah. And then it comes out from the clouds and in just awesome, awesome scene. She lands... They do a still shot of her that looks just like Princess Daenerys on the back of hers a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome, like, tie. And then she hops off. She goes over to Otto. Otto's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing here? She's like, I'm here to get the egg without bloodshed. And boy, is that exactly what she does. Yeah, she's sassy, too. She, she sure is. is. He's like, oh, escort the princess back to her dragon. She's like... Um, you guys better uh, let me be. My, my dragon yeah. takes takes it a little personally. Very yes. protective. Yes. 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 Yeah. Basically, like, dude, just because I'm here to help you guys, don't think, like, don't get it twisted. Yeah, like, like no, you I'm, come at me, dude. I'm, I'm king of shit. Fuck. Yeah, I'm king of shit <laughs> for real. Yeah. We're not at the high council chamber anymore, dude. Remember who you're talking to. Yeah, but she was awesome. I thought she carried herself exactly how like a dominant Targaryen should carry herself. She carried herself like her uncle would carry herself. You yeah, know what I mean? That's why it worked exactly. So she goes right over to him. She basically. Um, Gets him to admit that, like you said, he's A, not getting married tomorrow or the day after. And his wife is not, well, his girl is not pregnant. Yeah. So she's able to break that down real quick. Again, just to show that Damon was clearly trying to get the king there just to talk to him. He was just saying whatever he needed to say. But basically he says, she says, you know, you're all upset. You're here. You're doing all of this because you want to be the heir. And now I am. So she's like, I'm right here. Like, if you want to fucking be the heir... Kill me right now. Go ahead. Just take me out and do it. And you're all set. You get everything you want. Yeah. And he Call just. Bluff. Yep. And more poker. He just turns his back to her, walks away, tosses her the dragon egg. Yeah, that's sick. And is like, yeah, no, it's not you. I love you. I'm not, I'm not going to fuck with you. Yeah. He's yeah. just looking Anyways, for, he's looking for attention at the end of the day. That's yeah. what that is. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely, he sees her as an actual like family member. Does he maybe also want to bang her? We might get there. I don't know yet. <laughs> But he definitely, like, actually fucking cares about her and, like, really looks at her as, like, a family member. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and respects her strength in that definitely, situation, too. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. yes. Not a lot of people are on his level for how I agree. assertive. I think, and, yeah. yeah. I think the way that she carried herself, the way that she talked to him, this, it was very the same thing as episode one, even in the throne room and stuff. She doesn't back down from him or anything like that. Mm-hmm. She talks right to him just the same way. And I think he respects that, you know? Definitely. So everything went exactly as planned, like just like she wanted it. She was able to get the egg. They were able to take off. No bloodshed. 
Uh, Prince Daemon does not leave, though, of course. He's like, fuck that. He's going to stay right where he is on Dragonstone. He's going to keep the seat warm for whoever's coming. Yeah. Whether it be her or somebody else. Right, because it's her seat, technically, as, technically. The, as the heir to the throne. Yep. Um, and then we go to a quick scene that I didn't take much away from, but it was him with his um, girl, brothel, whore, whatever you want to call her. Right. But they have a quick conversation. The only thing I guess I would take away from is that she reminded me of Shay a lot in this moment. Yeah, she looks uh, a little bit like her. Big time Shay vibes, especially just the sense that I got the vibe that she might cause problems down the road, I guess. Yeah. She was kind of like, she's like, oh, I, like, I'm here, like, I like you and stuff, you know, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like, if you fucking cause me issues, like, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah, no, you definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, and she's Very the, the yeah, the up-jumped hooker kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but also, I got some vibes of Stannis and Melisandre, too. It's like they have all those scenes together in Dragonstone. Oh, yeah, same, same yeah, kind yeah. of setup. That's a good call, actually, yeah. And Stannis is the spurned brother. He should have been king. True. Damon, same thing. He, he should be heir, you know, but same yeah, idea. good call. Um, so it's a little similar there, too. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and she's from Essos, even though she's not, like, doing black, red magic or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right, right, but, right. So, so same, similar. similar. The free cities and shit. Good shit. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um... From there, we go to the king asking for advice for the last time, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he goes and he talks to, I don't know his name, another member of the High Council. He's not the Maester. He's not Lord Corwin. Mm. Uh, I think he's the Master of Whispers. Um, oh, is he? I think so. Oh, no shit. That's pretty cool. Something strong, I think. I didn't even know that they had like that title before. I thought yeah, Varys was like the yeah, first. They, they like, jumped over him. Oh, that's what it is. He has a name similar to Varys. I think it's like... Laris or something. Huh. Like, no yeah, shit. Like Laris Strong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Or Larry's. Um, the king lays out again the same exact proposition, the offer from uh, Lord Corliss to marry his daughter. And this guy says, listen, like, actually exactly what we said. Aside from the age standpoint, everything else about this marriage is ideal. It gives us right. the most security. It gives us the most power. It secures our alliances. It's a good move. Basically says that she'll mature and, you know, she'll eventually be, she'll eventually come of age and, it'll, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, King just seems like, you know, takes his advice for what it is. And then he is disrupted because Princess Rainara has just come back and he finds out that she just came back from Dragonstone and he is furious. So from there they go to, I think it's either his chambers or her chambers. They have a quick conversation. The king's upset, but, you know. She is super calm, super cool, super collected, doesn't lose any of her fucking composure at all, just asks for to sit down, takes a seat, and just goes, yeah, I got nice. the dragon egg back like you wanted, without bloodshed like you wanted, and I don't think your fucking asshole Otto Hightower could have done that. Yeah. And as soon as she says all that, he kind of changes his tune right around. He kind of smiles. He's like, shit, you know what? You're right. I forget how much you and him are alike sometimes. Him yeah. and her and Damon are alike yeah. sometimes. Called him out, for sure. Like, laid down what actually happened and... Let him know. Yeah. yeah. The fact that you're losing your shit. Like, you don't like... You should be thinking me, not yeah. giving me shit. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, do you really think... Like, he questions his brother's ability to hurt him. Like, do you really think he's going to hurt me? Like, you already know that we're close. Do you really think that Damon's going to hurt me? Like, no. Come on. I did what needed to be done in the most efficient way that it could be done. Yeah. So it was about to escalate things. a lot. Exactly, yeah. Everyone was drawing swords. We were about to fucking lit all those guys up. They're going to be burnt to death. Yeah. You're going to be down two kings, God. You're going to be down a hand and like 20 knights. Right. You know what I mean? Um, the king then after that, like I said, he changes his tone a lot because she like stands up for herself. She really, you know, holds her composure, like I said. I think that he is, you know, kind of proud. Uh, and then he quickly changes topics and he says that, you know, he is mourning her mother, you know, still a lot. Right. 
it's six months later. He's, he's still, you know, very distraught. He he says something along the lines that, you know, the, the Red Keep will never feel the warmth that she gave it ever again. Mm-hmm. And he basically kind of starts to hint at his need to remarry, the king's duty to remarry. And she says, just like my mother would have understood, I understand. Which I was like, wow. I was like, that is very fucking noble of you again. Like, again, yeah. I feel like you're showing exactly why you should be the heir. Yeah, she gets it. I Exactly. Yeah. And he even says as much. He's, I mean, I don't know how true it is and how much we can take him for his word. But he says that this isn't going to affect you. That this isn't going to affect your heir status. And we're, all we're doing is we're securing the line. He says, with just me and you, we're vulnerable. If something happens to one of us, we're fucked. We need to secure this line and make it stronger. The only way to do that is through marriage and to have more kids. She gets it. Now, when she gets it, I think very much so, based off of what she saw in the garden, that he is going to be marrying Lord Corliss's daughter. Yeah, Lena. Thank you, Lena. I think that between him, her seeing him, like seeing it with her own two eyes, and the fact that, like we've said, it makes the most sense. She's a smart girl. I think she can put those pieces together. I think that she assumes... Right. That that's who it's going to be. Definitely what she's thinking. Right. Up until the last the last second. Yes. Yeah. So then we go to the second to last scene of the show. We are in the High Council again. And we find out the king has sat down everybody. And as soon as the show was on for the first time, as soon as we saw the room, we saw it from the king, from the back of the king, towards the room, the whole POV. And I saw fucking Allison Hightower standing there in the room next to her dad. I was just like, oh, well, fuck off. I was like... I mean, why is she here? Yeah. I mean, we have, there's only one reason why she's in the room. And sure enough, the king says, hey, guys, I've decided to take a new wife. And in super dramatic fashion, which I find even more insulting to Lord Collis, that he had to sit here and hang on his seat for fucking 10 seconds. Yeah. He announces that he's going to be marrying uh, Lady Alice in Hightower. Boom. So all of her comforting and scheming and his dad, her dad's scheming has all seemed to work off. She is going to be the new queen. Lord Corliss is furious yeah and it turns out that we go over to princess Rainara, and she looks distraught not furious she looks sad she looks like she's about to like cry she looks very 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 upset yeah her best friend's about to be her stepmom now is that it or (laughs) is it something that we mentioned in week one that she might have some romantic feelings herself for Uh, lady allison well maybe you know what i mean yeah i mean for sure I mean, it could definitely, be a bit of definitely both, what too, Obviously, said. it could yeah. be it could be a Makes bit of both. Emotions, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm sure it just feels like a slap to the face as well. You know, when you hear the news like that. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Especially like we just said, I think she was very much assuming one thing, yeah, and then this just got dropped on her. It'd be like me dating your mother. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> She's watching right now. You know. <laughs> um, shout out Patty Sauce, <laughs> the goat. <laughs> But uh, she ends up storming out of the room. The king says, "Prince, you know, I think Rainara, and she doesn't even she doesn't answer. She doesn't say anything. She just storms right on out. Corley's too. Yeah, they both, both yeah. out of there. They both storm on out. The king is marrying Allison, and from there we go to our closing scene, which I thought was awesome and really set us forward for what we're going to be doing. I think next week probably. But Lord Corliss is." explaining his come up in Westeros, how he got to where he is. Mm-hmm. And we're not seeing who he's talking to until he finally finishes and the, it comes full circle and it turns out he's talking to Prince Daemon. Yeah. He says that he thinks they are cut from, you know, the same cloth, that they've had very similar stories, that they're sons that were overlooked. He explains the problem that is escalating on the Stepstones with the crab feeder and his men and how they're, you know, knocking down his ships and how if 
any more ships and these trading routes fall, like it's going to be the end of his family line, basically. And while I am explaining this to the king, they're just overlooking me and they're going to be planning fucking a wedding now. Like, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I can see why he's very pissed off. And basically, uh, two things I would say to take away. Damon says, don't talk about my brother like that, which I thought was interesting. I'll talk about the king however I want, but don't you don't talk about him like that, which yep. again shows that he is still about his family. Even though he might not go about it all the best ways sometimes, he is a Targaryen and, and he's got, he wants the best for the Targaryens at the end of the day, I think. Yeah. And then uh, Damon basically asked Damon, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Corlys asked Damon to join him in taking care of this problem on the Stepstones. He thinks it'd be good for him to prove himself to the realm, right. prove that, you know, he should be the heir, that he's a good guy, that he's willing to do what's right, he's willing to go fight for the country and all that. And they go to the crab feeder. He's looking just disgusting, which we're going to see him, I think, a lot next week. Yeah. But it seems like we're going to go and uh, get the Stepstones back, which should be pretty fun. Yeah, they've been teeing up the crab feeder thing a lot. That was like, like you said, it was like the first line in episode one. Yep. We go into the small council and yep. Corlys is talking about him. Right away. And then it's the first scene in episode two. Yep. And then it's the last scene in episode two also. What a brutal way to die by eating alive by crabs. Yeah, yeah. that is brutal. That is rough. Yeah, yeah. that is brutal. One of the guys are still alive. They show like a lot of, like, they yeah. kind of do like that pan out, and there's just like all those wooden poles, so you have to imagine there's like and a guy like, to every single pole. You and know they're what like I mean? crucified yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah. It's not like you're getting ropes to it. Yeah. Just slowly over days' time, yeah. just getting slowly eaten alive by crabs. That's just absolutely brutal. Seriously. You bring up an interesting point, though, by saying that, though. I actually, I didn't actually like think about that, that that's how they start episode one. And how they start episode two. That's how they end episode two. Yeah. So this problem is going to have to, like, create more chaos, I think, than just, like, the Stepstones kind of a thing. Which makes me actually double down on what I said earlier. I think it's Otto Hightower behind this motherfucker. I think he's the one about it. And I think he's going to go down. He's definitely not trying that hard to put him my way. He doesn't want to send dragons to squash him. Exactly. It's all sketchy. Exactly. So it seems like that's where we're going to be headed next week. We're going to go on to the Stepstones. And the little, um, like the on next week preview, they show like, you know, um, Daemon and Corlys like in battle. They're in, you know, in suits of armor. They're fighting shields, clashing, all that shit. And then you see a dragon like real quick fly over the top. And I like, to the lowest, I was like, I don't think that's Either uh, one of the two. No, I don't yeah. think. I think it's. I think. It, I think it's Princess. I think it's uh, oh, yeah. Rhaenyra. Oh, cool. I don't think it was the big red one. It didn't look like his features and stuff. It looked more because it looked just like it was like a shadow shot, yep. and it just looked like like a normal looking dragon. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas he's the freak zoid. Yeah. Right. 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 And I was just like, oh, I, I bet Rhaenyra comes in here again and, and fucking saves the day. That could be. Could be Rainey's too. Like I said, they're gonna show her that her dragon. Would be sick. She's got the she's got the old one, the old lazy one. That would be fucking awesome if it was Princess Rainey's. Yeah. That would be very, very, very cool. I didn't even actually think of that. And then there was, you know, they were bringing up the other dragons during this episode. There, the little girl, Lena, was asking about Vagar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that was something that caught my eye, actually, in my ear, whatever you want to put it. I didn't, like, I never heard about that dragon. And then they just said that it was basically living on its own. Yeah, so it's it's the last one of the three dragons that's still alive from the original Conquest. Wow. There was um, Balerion, Meraxes. And then this one, Vagar, they were the that was one of, one of the sisters of Aegon Road. Interesting. And so I'm it's very, the last it's the last creature that lived on Valyria. I'm very curious to see like if that I'm sure I don't know if you know or not, but that's something I'm curious to see if that dragon comes into play. If it comes into play by itself, if it comes into play with a rider, mm-hmm. uh, 
I don't know. I, that intrigued me, though. I did notice that. I was, like, very, very intrigued to see if we're going to see more of that. Yeah, I think they're plugging something. That would be very cool. Um, but that pretty much wrapped up the episode. Like I said, strong episode. Um, didn't have a ton of action, but it was a lot of what Thrones, I think, is, which is, you know, character development, plots. It's moving pieces around. It's moving people around to where they need to do. And it's kind of creating these fucking sparks that are eventually going to explode into, you know, massive, massive events. Yeah. Um, but I can't wait for, you know, the rest. I can't wait for episode three. I, episode three looks like it's going to pick up. Yeah. And it's, I feel like the pace is already way faster than Game of Thrones yes. first season, you know? Yes. And so it's, like Actually, I said, it's, it's still setting up, but it's already rolling as well. It looks like we're going to be doing uh, another skip forward for episode three, too, because mm-hmm. in the preview, we saw that uh, King is already having a baby with Lady Allison. Okay. So that looks like it's got to be, that's got to be at least nine months. And the baby already looks like it's kind of big. It's wearing clothes and shit. So yeah. I think we're going to have like maybe like almost a year jump from episode two to three. Nice. Yeah, I think I think they said that they're going to switch from the young actors to old actors, like right in the middle. Okay. Like after episode five. That makes sense. So, I can see that. I'm not I sure mean, what age they'll do that at, but... I'm also thinking, one thing that I am curious about is if it is going to be, a, say, like a year ahead from this episode to the next one, I want to see like what the hell the King's hand looks like. I want to see what the King's back looks like. Another like, another year yeah, after yeah, this, yeah. dude? It is, it is cool. I mean, who knows what he could look like. He not a lot of stories are told that way either. Yeah, true. You don't, you don't see a lot of time lapsing like that. No, no. In between scenes. I think it's just because they're just trying to, it's such a large story and it's encompassing so many years that they're just giving us the stuff that we need and just going and going, which I think is great. Like, let's go. Let's too. bang, bang, bang. Let's keep it moving, you know what I mean? I agree. But um, actually, episode five, now that you mentioned that, that was actually the next time I was going to ask you if you wanted to come back in and shoot it. Uh, it was going to be for after episode five. Anytime, brother. Let me know. Perfect, perfect. So I would say let's pencil that on. Yeah, in. I love having Luke here because he just gives me so much extra knowledge about what's going on. Yeah, you know, no, he really does. He's I appreciate great. it. So. He Thanks. is great, great. Thanks. It's great to have you here. I love having you here. So. A little uh, technical sometimes, maybe. No, nah, no, nah, you kidding me? I love it. Yeah, you give yeah. us a lot of. No, nah, you stuff. give me so much extra insight to what's going on. Cause you also because I don't personally read the books. Like I don't know about you guys, but I haven't read the books. So Luke going into depth about it is is absolutely clutch. Because otherwise, I wouldn't know a lot of of this information unless they show it in the show. So. You also pit a lot of things together that, like I like, for instance, I didn't like even just that the crab feeder thing at the beginning of both episodes and stuff. Yeah, that was a good catch. It's definitely going to be main main character, I think. Yeah. Or at yeah. least at first, that's what Damon and Corliss are doing now, right? Like, yeah. They're going after him. So. True, true. At first, I very much like thought it was... Oh, I was kind of almost with the king and Otto, to be honest, in the beginning. I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. There's some crab feeder guy. Cool. Yeah. But now that we have to sort of fucking crucify people and stuff like that, the crab's actually going to work. A little bit more intimidating now. And he's clearly moving up. You know, they, they, he's got the whole stepstones now, which is right outside of the free cities, but still a little ways to go, but... I'd like to see some sea battles. That would be fucking cool. I'd like to see the Dorna shit out there on them ships and fucking... Yeah, I yeah. think we're going to see that, too. That would be cool. I like that. I like the ship battles. That was one of my favorite things from the end of the Game of Thrones thing, man. That was cool. Um, but with that, I think that's going to be pretty much wrapping it up for us. Um, I hope all of you guys really enjoyed the episode today. Uh, please, please, please share this around. Just hit that button. Share it. It means a lot. The more eyeballs, the better. We want to get these views up. Um... Leave a comment, subscribe, rate, review. All that stuff really, really, really helps. I wouldn't ask you guys to do it if I, if it didn't. You know what I mean? It really does help the show. That's the only way that the show is going to really get bigger is if we can increase our audience. Yeah. And all I can say is, is being here, I can see that Nick puts in a ton of work for this. So 
we do truly truly appreciate you guys sharing this stuff and, and giving us some views so thank you thank you los i appreciate it i appreciate you guys for both coming on in today i thought we had an, another awesome episode so thank you guys both for being here i couldn't have done it without you guys no problem and uh we'll definitely be back in here soon to chop it up like i said episode five you know what i mean we get some things in the, in the works in the next couple of weeks you're gonna meet my new friend my other friend uh will do next week i think we got a lot to do next week. Lord of the Rings coming on Friday, so get ready for that. Let's go. House Let's of go. the Dragon. Let's, Let's go, baby. So much to watch. Enjoy it all, and uh, happy watching, huh? Have a good one, boys. Take care. Bye, everybody.